Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, April 5th. I knew it was Monday. I didn't remember which date it was, though. It's April 5th, it turns out. And uh, I'm Carter. You're watching Unsafe Space. Carrie is uh, on her way, but will be delayed. So at the beginning of the show, it's just us, nice and cozy. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We've been bleeding subscribers on YouTube uh, for the past week or so, probably because we were uh, kicked off of YouTube, but uh, we're back now. So um, hopefully that subscriber number will stop dropping. That's the wrong direction. I mean, I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to go the other way if we're doing a good job. Uh, so don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And uh, if you want to support us financially, you can go to unsafespace.com. There's lots of ways to do that. Uh, the upcoming retreat in August, I think all of the, I think I think all of the overnight stuff is sold out. We might have like one bed. We're basically sold out of the overnight stuff, but there are day passes still available. Um, and we will do. We may end, if we may end up putting like one more bed up or something. Uh, and if we do, I'll let you know. But excited about that. Um, if you want to show up to that or you want details, just go to unsafespace.com and it's there. Uh, what else? What are the other housekeepings we need? Housekeeping things we need to do. Book club. The next book club is May second. It's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It has been uh, derisively described by one of our audience members as just like reading a Monty Python script. So um, I think that's a great advertisement. Go read that. We'll do book club on May 2nd. And I think that's it for housekeeping stuff. Oh, Beverly probably wants me to, uh, what shirt do you guys want me to advertise today? I'll do all three. Here's one of them, a mostly peaceful shirt. Here's another one, 15 days to slow the spread. I can't believe that's still relevant, but it is. And uh, the non-essential shirt. Those are the three that, Beverly really wants me to advertise. So I have, done. Sales job, over. Um, so what I'd like to do before care, I mean, there's a few things that I wanna talk about or or can be talking about, but I also, I also know that um, because we were off of our main channel for a while and we've also had guests on Fridays, there might be more, uh, there might be more questions from chat or conversations that you guys want to have. So feel free to throw those up and I will try and pay attention to them and we can dive into those. Uh, I'm going to start on a positive note related to masks. Now this happened in Calgary. Jack Posobiec tweeted this out. Posobiec, I'm probably saying his name incorrectly. Uh, I'm going to show you some video of a Polish past, I don't know, pastor, preacher. I don't know. Polish pastor, it says. I actually don't know the difference between a pastor and a preacher. If anyone knows, tell me. I know priests are Catholic, but I don't know the difference between a pastor and a preacher. Anyway, this guy, um, let's just watch. Let's watch what this guy does because I really like it. I really like it. Well, let's hope that this let's hope that this works someone tell me if sound doesn't work when i press play here 
Please get out. Get out of this property immediately. Get out. Okay. Get out of this property okay. immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. So, by the way, some context here. You're hearing him say, get out, get out. These are all officers. These are all police officers in masks in his church. So this is how he's responding to them. Don't worry. It gets better. Out. Out. Out of this property. Immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. Out. By the way, that is the right answer. Come back with an effing warrant. You can yell at cops. Get off my property. Come get out. You need a warrant. Out! He knows this. Out! Listen to out! Him. Out of this property! Immediately out! Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property. Immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property. Now, now. I love the guy already. By the way, uh, text her in, in chat says, I want to go to his church. Text Tara, I'm an atheist. And I want to go to this guy's church. Um, this is great. Then he gets, so now right now he's just yelling out, out, out. Right? But then he starts saying things which I think they need to hear. To you Nazis, out. Out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Gestapo is not allowed Immediately, here. Immediately, Gestapo is not Allowed! Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go! So go! Go! And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi! Out! Out! You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out! And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. <laughs> so we'll stop it there. I mean, it's basically, there's, there's a, a few more. There's a little bit more yelling. But I think you get the gist. This guy, <laughs> he calls him uh, Gestapo, Nazi psychopaths, get out. Uh... Yeah, someone points out in chat, she has to try and get the last word. Yeah, the little Karen who's in charge there, really, she really is used to getting the last word all the time. She's got to she's gotta say something. It's his property uh, or his, you know, his congregation's property. And uh, yeah, <laughs> get out. Nazis aren't allowed here. Uh, Gestapo's not allowed here. There you go. I think that's the way that you need to behave. And by the way, uh, that something I like about this video that energy, that energy that this guy has is the energy that's been lacking from Western civilization. Uh, it's not, it, he's angry, right? He's angry and he's letting his, he's expressing his anger and he's using it in a, um, we'll use the word righteous, he's using it in a righteous fashion to oppose uh, <laughs> authoritarianism. And you know, something's happened to something's happened to us culturally in which we've kind of we've gotten too polite. We've gotten too conflict avoidant and we're too worried about someone calling us a jerk. This guy is exactly the energy that Western civilization needs if we're gonna survive. 
It's exactly that. Um, so good for him. Oh, someone, I won't say who, but someone in a hat just appeared. <laughs> I'll give you three guesses. No, I won't. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carter. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. That's okay. We, we were just watching the uh, Jack Posobiec's video of the Polish pastor yes. in Calgary. Uh, I know you've seen it. I wanted so, to talk about that. I'm glad you showed it. Do you, can we also show the video from the, the UK, I believe, with the cops coming in and shutting down? I don't think I have the, that one. Shutting down the service on Good Friday? I don't think I have that video, but if you send it to me, or do you have it on your Twitter? I can well, find it if it's on yeah, your Twitter. Yeah, it's on my Twitter. Um, I I'll think I I think I posted it and just said unacceptable, because it is unacceptable. I will find it. You and entertain the crowd. Anyway, I'm, on, I'm on my phone because my laptop. Okay, Carter. My laptop's not working yet. It <laughs> needs to be rebooted. I'm just a little discombobulated. I'm on my phone. And uh, happy Easter. I'm glad your you Your phone is better quality than your computer. <laughs> uh, here's, here's what I was thinking about. Someone shared on Instagram, Lisa J creates. She shares a lot of good memes. She shared this meme from St. Catherine of Siena, Siena, Italy. And this is a, I looked up St. Catherine, I didn't know anything about her. She lived during the 1300s. And it was a quote of hers where, I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it. I don't remember the exact wording, but it was a quote of hers that said, if you are, if you are living as you should be, you will set the world on fire. And, and I think what that means, at least what that means to me, is if you're a Christian, and you're living as you should be, you will set the world on fire. You will set the culture on fire. Not literal fire, necessarily. I just mean, you will set it on fire. And I started thinking about um, Christians and how, I looked at these two videos in juxtaposition, the, the church service in the UK, where they came in during Good Friday and they told them to shut everything down. And then this service with, with the Polish pastor who runs them out. And and I was thinking back to a year ago when the lockdowns first started. And I know some of our viewers disagreed with me back then. And I know some of them also now agree with me. I actually got an email from someone who said, it took me a while, but I finally understand what you were trying to say about if doctors are considered essential workers, like pastors should be considered essential workers. You know, service should be considered essential for people who want it. The church should always be open. I don't think anyone should be deciding who's essential to whom. No, I don't think so either. But if you're going to do that, you don't put the churches in the non-essential category. And the churches, here's what really, here's what really lights the fire to me, though, is the churches that rolled over. The ones that rolled over and said, oh, I guess we're not essential. And, like, the churches should have been standing up. And they should have been at the beginning of the lockdown, like, no effing way are we shutting the church down. You know what? You, you, if you're a church, if you're a Christian church, you're not supposed to be going along with the culture and making sure you don't disrupt any egg carts or, you know, like making sure you don't disrupt any money changers in the temple and just going along with whatever culture does. And that's BS. If you're a Christian church, you, you don't worry about dis upsetting the culture. You don't go along with what the culture is doing. You're not a bandwagon person. You stand by what the gospel says. And they should have been at the very beginning saying, no, up and why are we shutting the church down? You know? Well, I, th I think that's true no matter what. Like, if you're principled, you stand against culture. Yeah. I mean, it, but it doesn't mean that you're always right. But I look, 
I if I were in charge, I would say sure church, churches are non essential. But I'm also the kind of person who would say if I was in charge, I shouldn't be allowed to decide what's essential. They're not essential to me. But like, there I, I don't want to decide. Everything's essential. It's whatever, whatever you want. It's it's up to you what's essential, right? It's not essential to me, but I it's not my business. Uh, and the fact that we I don't even like having the argument about what should be essential because it concedes the fundamental point that it's some busybody's job to decide what's essential. <laughs> like it's no one's job to decide what's essential. Yeah. We do not vote on what's essential. We do not vote on what's acceptable. Oh, you're allowed to do these things and these things, but not these things. These aren't essential for society. Like, right. You know what's essential? Individual rights. That's what's but, essential. But don't you agree that when this was unfolding and that's what we were doing, society was saying, okay, we're okay with now. We're okay with the government deciding what's essential and what's not. Don't you agree that Christians should have been saying, excuse me. Like everyone should have been saying that right. bartenders, <laughs> Christians, people that work at Hobby Lobby, everyone, everyone should have been saying my business is essential. My life is essential. My means of providing food for my family is essential. Any damn thing I want is essential. And it's none of your effing business to run around bullying me and telling me that my life isn't essential. Everyone should have been standing that saying that. I just, I find a special, uh, I agree with you. I'm just, I especially find I, Christians who are not, who are not doing that, who are not, who don't have a backbone, who just roll over and shut down. And so I, I especially, I find them to be cowardly and, and hypocritical because, and, and it's, oh, and the ones, the COVIDians, the ones who run around trying to use scripture to justify authoritarianism and to justify tyranny, those people, I'm like, you, I want you far away from me because <laughs> what you're doing is—you're not just. I guess I'm the cynic with yeah. Christians because I, I I was a Christian for a while, but I was a like when I was the Christian that I grew up in was very evangelical and very um, I would say fundamentalist, and so I've never had a positive view about Christians in general. When I was a Christian, I was like, yeah, most of you are like fakers. You're like pretend Christians. You don't even take it seriously. And now I'm not a Christian. And uh, I so like in some sense, I guess I don't really it's not a battle that I care about. So but I understand where you're coming from. Like if you take it seriously, you stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. But most don't. And, and so most I'm already don't. cynical because like they, they don't. Most, most don't. people don't. And, and they and they I don't know. I had reason to I was thinking about um Yesterday I was at this Easter, well, I went to my church, had an Easter service, and then went to another Easter service uh, outdoors and a show and stuff. And I was thinking about woke churches. And I was thinking about the kind of church where you go and it, you kind of know what you're going to get. You're going to get more of what the culture's serving up. This sort of place. how to be How to be good, <laughs> how to get approval in the culture using Christian tools. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I was talking about this with my fella. I don't understand, first of all, why people go to those churches. I don't understand the point of it because you can get all that from the culture anyway. Is it because you grew up, maybe they grew up in the church and so they want to still, they have a, a part of their identities tied up with being Christian and therefore they want to just be part of the culture, but put the Christianity stamp on it. I don't know, but, but. Well, they, I think so because the, the leftist culture generally, like our culture generally also, um, puts a lot of emphasis on 
being part of communities with shared beliefs. Like yeah. they like the idea that we can all have a belief. Our group has a belief in this thing and your group has a belief in that thing, but we're multicultural and we get along and no one's belief matters enough that we fight for it. We really all fight for the culture together. It's yeah. part of this like faux diversity thing that they yeah. they put out. They, they wanna like, oh look, we can have we can have different beliefs as long as we all have the same fundamental belief in social justice ideology, <laughs> right? Like, like that, like that's, that's, it's part of the story is that we're supposed yeah. to have these enclaves of pretend differences. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we worship in this way and you worship in that way and we worship different figures, but really neither one of us take that very seriously. Right. Yeah. Cause it's don't. all about the culture. And they don't. And so here's, right. here's what I was thinking about is there, it's no different than the culture. They're basically just saying, we agree with everything that's in the mainstream culture right now, which is social justice has become dominant. We agree with all of that now with Jesus added, right? Like that's all they're doing is saying, we're, we're trying to put Jesus on. Now no, with, with Jesus. Jesus. Social justice, no, with Jesus. But it's everything to get, and I don't get, the, I don't get the point of that. And I also feel like you're not, um, you're not doing it right if the world loves you. You know that that verse, I don't have it right in front of me, that verse about the world hated me first, where Jesus is talking about, you are not of the world. If the world loved you, then you would be of the world, but you're not of the world. I called you out. And he's saying, I'm paraphrasing it, but he's saying the world hated me first. Of course they're going to hate you. And the thing is, I think a lot of Christians have gotten really comfortable um, of just going through the motions and they don't, I think a lot of the churches, the ones that shut down and stuff, it's just sort of like, and or who've gotten cannibalized by wokeness and eaten up by wokeness. It's like, they've forgotten what Christianity is supposed to be about. You, you, it's normal for you to be hated. They don't want to be hated by the culture. They don't want to be called, um, you know, cause everyone now, if you oppose social justice, you're called a racist and a sexist and homophobic. They don't want to be called racist or sexist or homophobic or backwards or deplorables or whatever. And they're so afraid of what the culture says about them. The culture is supposed to hate you. you grow a backbone. Stand well, up. Well, you have to keep in mind. Wait, wait, wait. I... Let me finish. Let me okay. finish. Stand All up, right. grow a backbone, set the world on fire. That's what you're supposed to be doing. It says in Hebrews 12, it says your God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Like that St. Catherine quote, if you're I, doing it right. I don't think right, it was referring to what you're referring to, but. Okay, just let me finish. You don't even know what I'm referring to. You're an atheist. <laughs> I've read the Bible seven times. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm saying stand up and set the world on fire. That's what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> set the culture on fire. You're created to change the culture. You're man. Man is created to interact in culture and change the culture. You can't be a Christian who's afraid of trying to interact in the culture. You're supposed to steer culture. The way that you think it should go, not just go along with the flow. Okay, thanks for allowing me to finish my rant, Carter. No, that's that's fine. Uh, I I just I can say this. Uh, I I would say the same thing when I was a Christian. So I'll say it as both a Christian and an atheist right now. The church is not Christianity. The church is not. Christianity. That's not the same thing. And most churches are grifts. Most churches try and think about, well, if I say these things, donations will go down. We'll lose our thing. I wanted to have a new blah, blah, blah. I wanted this. I, I might have to fire Pastor Bob. Like they, they are grifts and they are looking at culture, figuring out 
how do we get donations from in this name we were going to tap into christianity and we're going to get donations and that's what they do they yeah. don't they're not about sticking to principles they're they want to they want to make sure especially when they get really big i think then they they can start to become tempted by wanting to make sure they're pleasing everyone and they're still right, the crazy the guy in the street corner doesn't give right. a crap about your donations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they, and they, and they become about like the whole, you know, the prosperity gospel stuff, like the feel good stuff. You go there to feel good. You know what? I do feel good when I go to my church, but I also feel seen and my ears burn because there are things that are being talked about that it's like, yeah, okay. I do that sometimes. I need to work on that. You don't go there to be like, oh, you're wonderful, special people. And, you know, you're, if you're going to a church that doesn't challenge you and it just goes along with the culture, like, of like, well, it's not like God is like, well, yeah, the Bible, uh, that's the way I, I thought the best, you know, uh, the best way of living in the world is in the Bible. But, you know, but then this current culture happened and you guys have some ideas I didn't have. And you're right. Like, maybe we should sort of change it. Like, that's, God isn't like, oh, well, you guys, you guys have a better way of just the, the arrogance of woke preachers that were like, well, the Bible's a little outdated. And, and you know, we, we've, we've got so much more to give you now about how the best way to be in the world is to view it as a competition for power, uh, you know, between identity groups and that we should treat people differently on the basis of race and sex. And God would have totally put that in the Bible, but you know, it wasn't. He didn't think of it. Yeah. Uh, Gramsci hadn't happened yet. Uh, but you know, um, can I challenge you on something? Mm-hmm. I do think the Bible got some things wrong. I'm an atheist. Homosexuality is pretty clearly a sin. Mm-hmm. Is that your viewpoint now? It is. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I don't... Um, I, It's not a big deal. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I think sex outside of marriage is a sin, too. Okay. And I don't think things that are sins should you've be evol- You've changed is why that's why Right. I and I don't think things that are sins should be illegal just because they're sins. Some things that are sins should be illegal, like murder. But um, I also don't view sin as like, uh, I think the people who are anti-Christianity who want to paint, who want to paint Christian beliefs as like all being like a, Westboro Baptist Church or something. Westboro Baptist Church, those gods, God hates F-A-G-S people. Those people are homophobes. Like they hate gay people. And they and they yes. single gay people out for special hatred. And they don't treat they I think I think sometimes um obviously like with any group, somebody can say Christian and then they think that's who they think of is that group. And they want to pretend like, well, if you believe certain things are sins, including homosexual sex, if you believe that's a sin, well, then you must hate gay people. And it's like, no, that's not even true. I used to believe that. I used to believe people who thought certain things were sins had a hatred in their heart. And that's not the way I think about it. It's also none of my business. That's not my particular. I have my own sins to to work on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't really spend a lot of time trying to tell people about what I, well, the, I, the, I believe in the Bible and the Bible says that you're doing this thing. That's a sin. And it's not my business. I mean, I'm just I'm curious. I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. pick on you. I'm just oh, no, curious. No, I'm because, glad to have yeah. this conversation. I mean, I'm a sinner, so I don't, why would I, why would I go and 
feel conviction to tell other people about what, what I think their sins are. And by the way, maybe I'm wrong. And, you know, I don't, I, I, I choose to go by, here's the best way I can describe it. I choose to go by Jesus's words, even if I don't understand them or I'm not inclined to agree with them on my own. Maybe especially if I'm not inclined to agree with them because I don't always choose the best things. And there's a, there's a Bible verse I was thinking of the other night. It was, uh, it was something like, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will light your path. And I was thinking about how sometimes, um, okay, here's a great example. I struggled with being completely truthful with my significant other. I was smoking cigarettes and I was not telling him. And now some people may do that and maybe it's not a sin for them. But for me, I knew it was a sin. I was convicted about it. I, I knew I was hiding the truth and I was afraid of telling the truth because I know why, because of my own past and relationships and stuff and feel, being afraid of being rejected. And um, God was saying to me, you tell him anyway, even if you don't understand it. And even if you think things will be better, if you just quit smoking and don't tell him, you tell him anyway. And even if you're, especially if you're afraid that you're going to lose him, you still tell him because you know what? That's my, that's acknowledging me is to do what I've told you the best way is. And I'll continue to light your path if you do that, even, especially when you don't want to. And if you don't understand it, does that make sense? Yeah. I was telling you to do that. <laughs> well, so was God. <laughs> that's fine. I'm just like, and yeah, way, I, I get, it's called living by principles. Right. God was right. It's called living by principles. If you have a principle, you yeah. try and follow it even and maybe especially when you don't want to um like well that's, i guess the only difference then is my principles i i am taking them from the bible even if i don't agree with them or 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 I'm not inclined to agree with them i'm like well god says this is a sin so i'm going to view it as a sin right i understand, I understand. You do, what I, do you know what i mean like god says don't lie so I'm not going to lie, even when I think it's a little white lie, or even when I think, well, it, this one won't really matter, or, you know, well, I'm not going to, because why? Because I'm putting my, it's faith, I'm putting my faith, I got, and you know what, every single time I've done that, and trusted God, even when I didn't want to, it, he's been right. <laughs> right. I, I understand, and I, I'm just going to, I have to, this has been a very Christian conversation, so I have to say this as an atheist. The One of the things I like about many religions and Christianity has, I think that there's compiled, uh, evolved knowledge about living in the universe that has been codified into myths. And attempting to gain a, a value through deceit, which is lying, mm -hmm. almost always bites you in the ass and is never, like, it's almost, it's very tempting, and it's almost always a bad idea. And, like, you don't have to be a Christian to get that. It's very tempting. And when you're attempted to gain a value through deceit, it, uh, I mean, the mind games that it does to you, it, it splits your brain in two, actually, because you have to start tracking lies, which really, really cloud your ability to think clearly. Um, because you're now tracking multiple universes in your head, all of which but one are fake that you've set up. Like, well, this person thinks blah, 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 and I was there because of this, blah, 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 and I'm, blah, blah. like, it gets, it's psychologically damaging. And, 
it massively undermines the trust that other people have in you and ruins, destroys relationships. Uh, much worse than right. a minor infraction would destroy your relationship. Right. So I, I wanted to say something else because I saw in the chat someone in the chat saying uh, they're gay and a virgin and they'd like to wait until they meet the right person. And um, I just want to say also when I say something is a, I believe something's a sin because the Bible says it's a sin. I don't. I also don't pass any judgment about like. I just don't believe. I just don't believe in looking at other people's sins and trying to. If it were me, I would obviously be thinking about it a lot more, I guess. Um, but but I don't I don't look at anyone and say, well, they're well, they're not going to go to heaven or they're not living the right way. I mean, I have no idea. I know some people who believe it's a sin. Like Milo has recently come out and said that he has been working to make sure he doesn't like for the past year or something. I can't the, tell if that's a troll. No, I don't think it's a troll. Anyone really? who follows him, okay. I don't think it's a troll at all. Anybody who follows him closely could have seen this coming years ago because he started talking years ago about how he felt like it was a sin. And I know sometimes, at least in my mm. own life, when I become convicted about something that I'm doing that I feel is a sin, it takes me a while to actually work up the courage to deal with it and to address it. And so I don't, I think he's actually very sincere. The, the thing with Milo is he is part troll and part sincere about, and so sometimes people have trouble, especially the mainstream media has trouble telling when he's being, I think he's really sincere though. I think he's, I don't he know. Feels, I mean, all I saw was feels, one thing about him. I right. assumed it was a troll. No, he's been posting about it in his Telegram and for okay. months and posting different, because uh, he's Catholic, so he's posting uh, stuff about St. Joseph and whatever. But, but, but he's for married him, to a guy. Yeah, and he, he said, you know, he's demoted him to house boy or housemate. housemate, and that's I, I what, saw that, which is what made me think it was a troll. No, I think I think he's trying to be funny there. I mean, that if I were the husband, I would be very insulted. <laughs> but uh, but he uh, but anyway, my my point is, assuming he's sincere, and I think he is, this is someone who feels convicted about it, and assuming he's sincere, this is the way he's decided to try and behave in the world. Well, who am I to look at him and say, see, everyone should do that, or everyone should not do that? I mean, I don't. It's not my it's not my job. I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to hold him up as an example of like, see, everyone should do this. Um, or everyone shouldn't. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I think that's a human desire to get in and judge and act like God. And I don't, I can't do that. Well, I mean, one of the roles that the church has assumed though, is to tell people how to live their lives. That's, that's the purpose of. Well, like church. you said, the church isn't God. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but that, that's yeah. the purpose of a religion. Like that, that's the, I mean, that's the, that's one of the biggest arguments Christians make about the Western civilization is like, well, you need us to tell you how to live. You need Christianity. Like without Christianity, this fall falls apart. And and the read and the argument behind that is Christianity tells you how to live um, and sets moral guidelines. So if you have a child and you're raising them in the church, I assume you tell them that homosexuality is a sin and they shouldn't do it. I assume. Right. But do you, do you reject them? And if they come out to I don't, you, I don't know that that's, I don't know that the Christian answer to a sinning person is to reject them. No, it's not. Uh, I don't think it is. So I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that, but I am saying you like you do. Sticking point where you, do you make it a sticking point where you talk about it all the time and it becomes really important to you to let them know that you think they're living in sin? No, I don't think you do that. <laughs> I think that's. Well, would you do it if they were continually lying or if they were <laughs> continually assaulting people or if they were continually doing other things that were sins? If they were continually assaulting people, 
Yeah, something else that's a sin yeah, that, that I is. But I don't think I'd be basing it in like, I wouldn't be basing talking, talking about it in, in terms of like, because it's a sin. I would be basing it in terms of like, you, you shouldn't attack people. It's wrong and you're going to go to so jail. So there's a different set of morality besides the morality in the religion that matters. Um, well, there's a practicality of like, you don't go out assaulting people. You're going to, yeah, you're going to end up in jail. Why would I ground it in something that they maybe don't agree oh, so with? So there's just a practical thing. You'll, you'll get yeah. caught and end up in jail. You know, all, all those right. years, my aunt was praying for me. Um, and I'm very glad she did pray for me and she was very sincere, but part of her, the way that she interacted with me was, I don't, it, I don't think it was very, some of, some of it was not very Christ-like and it didn't help. And it also was counterproductive. It didn't actually, it didn't actually have a likelihood of convincing me. Cause you know, if you get letters from someone that's like, you're going to burn in hell, you're living in sin, Carrie, I'll pray for your um, backward soul kind of thing. It's like, who's going like, to let me come over to your religion. Sounds great. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're gonna right. burn in hell and you you sinner and it's like no that's not the way you got i just don't think that's i don't think no, that's, that's the cool. way it's that's probably cool. good i'm not a preacher because i probably say some things Christ, christians or, you know i should never be a preacher <laughs> i'm just telling you my imperfect interpretation of things i don't view christianity as that like that's how you win people over no that's how, why yeah. would anybody want to join a religion that's that, that judgmental and hateful? Yep. No, that's fine. I, I, and we can have the, I don't actually want to have the, the big discussion about. Look here, look right now, but, but I, I do encourage you to think about like, it shouldn't be just the practicality of getting caught assaulting no, people. It's not. That's the reason to oppose. Someone's. No, that's a reason to talk to them about what they're doing. That the gay rascal says, he gives us a super chat. He says, I'm guilty of many sins. Being gay is among the minor ones. Thank you that he gets it. I totally get what you're saying. And, and that to me is sort of like, I don't, I, it could be for some person that it might be a thing they feel very convicted about that God is working on them about. And for another person, it's like not, there's something much bigger that they're working on. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Yeah. I, I just, what I'm hearing as an atheist is this it all comes down to your personal feelings and interpretation of scripture. Well, I don't, because I don't think there's a spot in the Bible. That's like, these are the minor sins that you shouldn't worry about. And these are the big sins. And these are the ones you should get mad at. People can do continually. And these no, are the ones you shouldn't. But I don't, I'm not ranking them. I'm ranking them based on. Well, like, you are. No, I'm not. Them. No, I'm not. I said for one person, it might be something that God is convicting them about and a very big sin for them. And for someone else, it might not be. Right. But like with assault, you were like, well, yes, I would. <laughs> if someone was continually assaulting, I would have a talk with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you wouldn't do that with being gay. I don't think so. I mean. Right. That's all. I don't That's do all. that with my friends. Why would I? Just in case this is taken out of context later, I am indeed an atheist. I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay. Uh, so enjoy all your gayness. Go have your gayness. Uh, do your thing. I do have, I did pull up the church in the UK, Carrie. Should we watch it? I would like to watch it. I'm really enjoying right. the conversation today. I know some people are probably, God, church lady Carrie, she even wore the hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I haven't... Uh, So, by the way, someone else says, I, the point is being gay does not harm or infringe the next person like an assault. 
That's my point. My point is that there are standards of morals outside of the Bible about doing harm to others, which are separate from the Bible standards. That's my point. Well, I agree with that. You're missing my point, (laughs) chat. Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) All right. Let's watch this. Is it not going to be as satisfying as the Polish pastor? Is that no, what? No, um... we should have actually, if I had been here on time, we would have watched this one first and then the oh, Polish crap. pastor because he gave them that righteous <laughs> kick in the bootay. <laughs> Is this the British response? <laughs> are they said... they're going to be very polite? <laughs> here we go. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So please explain us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, gathering is unfortunately lawful, unlawful under the coronavirus regulations we have currently. You are not allowed to meet inside with this many people under law. At this moment in time, you need to go home, failure to comply with this direction to leave and go to your home address ultimately could lead you to be fined £200 or if you fail to give your details to you being arrested. So the Romans are coming in to shut down the church. Let's hear, how does the church respond? I suggest, ladies and gentlemen, though it is quite a, it is Good Friday, and I appreciate you would like to worship, that this gathering is unlawful. So please may you leave. So please explain us. Oh, there's no, there's no end to this, Carrie. What happened? Uh, I think, I think they left. I don't oh, know. They left. I don't know what the end is, but um, can you switch me over? I just joined on my laptop. Oh. There. Cool. See how much fuzzier her laptop is, everyone? What? Your laptop yeah, your is laptop so much is fuzzier. So much... See how much fuzzier her laptop is, everyone? And now you've got weird feedback. Are you not you're wearing your headphones? Or you have what? your something else plugged in still? Your laptop, yeah, your laptop is so much fuzzier. See how much fuzzier her laptop is, I gotta everyone? Mute now you Fix your mic issue. Fix your... Yeah, RIP my ears too, Rhaegar. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> Are we good now? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. Oh, that guy, that guy who hates it when we have tech problems, he's going to, we're going to get know. it. Someone just said buy a new computer. It's a literally a brand new computer that we bought for her. We need, it's pilot error. The plane is fine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the topic at hand again i guess i said I, most, I, most, so most they did nothing us, though you're saying they did nothing yeah, at home. most of what i was thinking about though was just this whole idea of get over your fear of what people are going to say about you or call you if you really believe in you know that that jesus was the son of god and you believe in in the his message and the ways that he told us to live like if you really believe that then illustrate it and don't don't be afraid about what people are going to call you and and if they misunderstand you i think a lot of people are afraid of being misunderstood you know which is a good i understand that fear they're afraid afraid of being misunderstood somebody probably clipped that from earlier where you asked me if i think uh uh being gay is a sin or sex outside of marriage is a sin or whatever. They'll probably clip that and be like, oh, look, Carrie's a homophobe. Well, okay. They'll probably do that. I Don't worry. I say may, many more <laughs> horrible things outside of uh, that taken out of context would be absolutely right. horrible. But I, I know, but I know yeah. I'm not. And so it doesn't like you should just, I don't know, be comfortable, be comfortable knowing yourself. 
and knowing what you believe and also knowing that those with ill intent are going to misunderstand you and that some some with good intent are going to misunderstand you and that's just going to happen and that's okay you have to you have to be okay with standing in opposition to the culture and standing in opposition to woke ideology or whatever the thing is that you feel is is if you feel convicted um, is is not in line with God's teaching, then you should stand for that, I think, and not be afraid of of what people are going to say about you. And of course not. And you're, you know, like I would never have thought I would be this person who, you know, even just a few years ago, the person who's going to church on Sundays. I got my notebook. I'm all excited. I'm like excited when I go to church. I'm like, what's he going to talk about today? I would never have seen that. I would have thought I was such a backwards uh a person like me who a person who would go to church with their notebook and be excited i would be like what a closed-minded backwards you know stupid blah blah i would have had a lot of opinions about who i am today and most of them would have been wrong all of them would have been wrong (laughs) and that's okay that's okay i don't you know anyway you know what I'm no, saying. I mean, I look, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but I, I probably 20 years ago, I wrote an article in Capitalism magazine about this called In Defense of Enemies. Um, and, you know, I wasn't writing it in the context of Christianity, but it applies to Christianity as well. If you have no enemies, then you're not you don't stand for anything. You're doing nothing. If no one dislikes you, if no, if, if there's no one saying, I hate what this person's doing and saying, then you're not doing anything. You're making zero impact. You have zero impact on the world. You're not doing anything. Um, enemies are a good sign. Yeah. Um, and frankly, uh, one thing to do once in a while is take stock of your enemies. And if you look at the people who hate you and you admire them and think they're smart, you might want to <laughs> ask yourself some questions. But if you look at the people that that hate you and are really angry about you and you see, wow, they look like pretty miserable people, Maybe that's a good, I mean, it's a rule of thumb. It's not an argument, but you know, you can kind of use it to, to judge how you're doing. I mean, you know, most these, these, uh, <coughs> self diagnosed, uh, borderline personality SJW crazies hating on us. Doesn't make me feel like I'm going in the wrong direction. No. As, as right. Cash said, Mr. Johnny Cash, it's good to be, you know, he said, it's good to know who hates you and it's good to be hated by the right people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you want, you want the wrong, you want the wrong people or right people, however you describe it. You and, want and, them to some, hate you. and yeah. And some good people may misunderstand you too. And you have to be okay with that. It's like, whatever. It's not like, the, there's another Bible verse. Um, I, I pulled up recently. I was sending it to a friend. Um, it was the verse about, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. And it was sort of talking about the people who won't hear there. There's always going to be the people who won't hear and who close their eyes and won't see. Do you know what I mean? You can't be worried about that. The people who have ears, personal. The people who have ears, the people who are supposed to hear you and hear what it is that you have to say, they will. You can't be concerned about the ones who won't. That's all. Right. Someone as in the book of Oscar Wilde, there's a verse that is that you can always judge a man by the quality of his enemies. 
Uh, I think Jeremy. Oh, good. Us, okay, one. here's here's this verse. Whoever has ears, let him let them hear. And then a little later in this section, it says, "Though seeing, they do not see; though hearing, they do not hear or understand." In them is fulfilled the proph uh, prophecy of Isaiah: "You will be ever hearing, but never understanding; you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving." For this people's heart has become calloused; they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. I mean, I, to me, that verse just means there's always going to be people who won't who, who won't hear what you're saying, even when you take pains to be nuanced and to explain yourself, and you just you just have to be okay with it. Like, you know, who cares? The ones that will hear, the ones with the ears will hear you, and that's who's that's why you're supposed to be speaking for those people. I think a lot of people don't. I think for. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna use the word good very broadly, but I mean good people, like kind of run-of-the-mill normal people. A lot of them have, it's very difficult for them to comprehend the mentality of someone who deliberately misinterprets things mm -hmm. and uh, and intentionally hears the worst and, and uses it against you. And there aren't that, I don't think there's that many people in the world who do that. But in the world of the internet, it doesn't take that many in order for it to look like a huge number of people because when you're online, you can get that, you know, and then, and then once one person does that, there are a lot of sheep who will just be like, well, so-and-so said Carrie is a blankety blank blank, so that must be true. I'll pile on, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, Carrie, you're so hateful. <laughs> Yeah. There's yeah. another George Orwell quote that Dion just shared. Some ideas are so stupid that only intellectuals believe them. That I love that quote as well. I actually don't think that's Orwell. I looked it up once and it's oh, really? I think it's debated okay. who that is. Some people said Thomas Sowell. Um, but yeah, I like that quote. It sounds like a Thomas Sowell quote, uh, actually. It's, but... it's a really good quote. Whoever said it, it doesn't matter. Well, Goodreads, which is the standard <laughs> says that it's George Orwell, but I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, should we do some super chats or are we way behind? Uh, I haven't actually been paying attention, but sure. Uh, I Whoa, we have a whole bunch. Crap. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will. Sorry. Say that again. I said I, get, I read The Gay Rascals earlier. That's the only one I've read. And I can't scroll back far enough to see the others. So you, right, you go. Well, I have uh, my magical tool. <laughs> um, let's see. Nick Nero uh, says the Jews were segregated and all the other stuff they did. How far are people going to let them go with vaccinated and non-vaccinated people? Isn't that prejudice and segregation and illegal? It is prejudice <laughs> and segregation, but it's only illegal if the oligarchy says it's illegal. And so, so over the past few days, I don't know if you noticed this, Carter, but I saw a spate of articles in the legacy media. One of them in my local paper here in Austin, KVUE or whatever, local news station, a spate of articles talking about uh, fake vaccine passports. And so apparently there was some press release went out because they're all reporting about it now. And the FBI issued a statement saying, you know, don't fake these passports. You'd be putting people's lives at risk if you have COVID. And it's like, yeah, but you can still get COVID if you get the vaccine. You told us that. So anyway, 
Um, By the way, I would like fake vaccine passports. So if you know a guy, anyone. um, They have threatened to come after anyone who. So so anyway, the FBI issued a statement. You guys should go read that statement. They um, the headline. One of the headlines in KVUE was basically to the effect of uh, people are getting fake COVID vaccines and they say it's so they don't have to actually get the vaccine. <laughs> I was like, duh. Oh. <laughs> That's the headline. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> they say it's so... <sighs> Can you imagine some people don't want the vaccine? <laughs> like, <laughs> then in the... <laughs> and then in the comments, there were a bunch of Austinites in the comments, and they... one of them said, like, uh, this is nuts. These people are nuts. And I'm like, Compared to what? Compared to getting a vaccine that's not even approved by the FDA yet? Like, this is nuts? <laughs> I mean... Wait, I assume it has approval. Doesn't it have temporary emergency approval, I assume? Yeah, it has some temporary thing, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's been out for less than a year, and it's a new kind of vaccine, and you want to treat us, the ones who are skeptical of it, like we're nuts? Like, I don't... I just... We live in such a crazy time right now. Again, do what you want. I know lots of friends and family who've gotten in... That's fine. It, I don't have a problem with people choosing to get it. I have a problem with the people who insist that those of us who don't want it be forced to get it and that there's something wrong with us <laughs> for choosing not to. It's like, I don't th- I don't think there's something wrong with me. I think I have a pretty he- healthy skepticism and, you know, wanting to wait and see. And um, yeah, so the articles were about how the black market, the, the dark web is full of people who are now... Mm selling for several hundred dollars COVID vaccines, uh, passports, and also uh, tests and uh, paperwork that says you've had the tests and that you're negative. And, um, and then they're also, and then the, one of the articles said, and some people are even putting it up for free and just Wait, I'm confused. I'm confused. Are there, is there a COVID passport thing? Um, I think like, um, I don't like it's no, like making not, a fake thing that I've never heard of. Not yet. Of not yet. Oh. They're working on it in some States. I think New York, isn't New York working on one. And I uh, so I think what they were talking about mostly was the, um, the COVID, the negative tests right now. Oh no, no, no. I know what it is. It's the, it's the paperwork. Cause I went and downloaded a few just to look at for, so we could do the segment and there were, <laughs> there were nice CYA. Very good. And there were a couple, uh, it's a paper that says the date and the dosage that you had and which vaccine it was. And then it's got two places for them to stamp your first dose and your second dose. It's just paperwork saying you've had the vaccine. Texas has one. And and in these articles, they were saying, you know, um, some people are even offering the templates for free and just like giving it to people. And then, and then the articles are also saying, you know, if you've had the vaccine, please, please stop posting your paperwork online and I did a quick search on Twitter for like Texas vaccine paperwork. And I found tons of selfies from self-righteous people that are like, got my first vaccine shot. And they got their card oh, right here. Yeah. Yeah. How <laughs> like, hard is it to fake a, I mean, here's what it, looks it like, can't right? be hard to, to yeah. make a piece of paper that looks semi-official to someone that looks like it. I mean, but we should tell you uh, Carter in our last episode, Gave some very good advice about not putting things in. You should never, never do it. Yes. Right. Never do it. And don't put anything in writing. If you do plan on doing it, um, that's all. So. Never break the law and always obey YouTube slash World Health Organization's guidelines with respect to fill in the blank virus. Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, we knew, we knew this black market was going to develop, right? Of course, there's a black market in everything. Yeah. And I just love the headlines were so like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a black market for horrible, horrible stuff. Why would there not be a black market for something as mundane, easy to make, and widely in demand as a fake yeah. like COVID paper? Like, of course, there's a black market for it. <laughs> <sighs> Some people don't want to get the vaccine. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Degentle, D J E N T L E, Degentle. I'll call you Degentle. Says you guys should pull up G Prime 85's memes about it. They were spot on earlier today. I think he's talking about the Polish preacher. Preacher. I don't know who G Prime 85, and I don't know. I don't know if this is a boomer thing to say, but. What platform would I look for? Is that a, on Twitter? Is there a person named G Prime eighty five? Oh, there I'll... is. Uh, it is Twitter. I'm not going to read the Twitter right now, yeah. but we'll look through. Okay. All right, all right, all right. That's on screen right now. Gave us nine ninety nine. Thank you. And says, "Kavita oh. Coffee is at the center of the culture war in Bend, Oregon. OSHA and City are trying to shut them down, but place is packed." No masks, student-led Bible studies on a daily basis. Oh, I bet they hate that. Please support them. Cavista Coffee, guys. Even if, if you're an atheist who digs what they're doing, you can still give them a little thumbs up. Kavista I kind of would like some atheist protest uh, for this COVID <laughs> stuff. And here's why. Because what happens when Christians do it, and I'm sorry, Christians, but this is just what's going to happen, is they're going to say, you're stupid anti-science faith based Christian people, blah, 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 so we can dismiss you. I would like some some atheists to be like, no, 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 no. I'm about science and reason, and I'm opposed to this. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think they hear that enough. What They dismiss Christians very easily. Any like Anything that a Christian says about it gets dismissed out of hand by them because they just assume, oh, Christians are irrational, faith, anti-science, blah, blah, blah. Right? So they, don't, they can't even hear your arguments. I want to see more Christian atheist alliances. Like, well. I think we're heading there. You know, our friend Clifton Duncan, he's atheist. He started the hashtag on Twitter. Uh, a what was it? Atheist for Christ. <laughs> like, <that>. and <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. Um, Christopher Gory says, "Carrie, thanks for keeping my spirits up on Facebook, Carter." Keep holding the fort down. Y'all are kindred spirits. Good job by you both with this show. Thank you, Christopher. Um, Nick Nero says, also, when did we become not a democracy? Executive orders aren't laws and shouldn't be legal in a republic. Well, interestingly enough, Nick, I was fascinated. I, what day was it? I think it was Saturday. I should have found the story beforehand, and I'm sorry. I just, I, You're just making me, you're reminding me of it. NPR, of all places, had a story about the expansion of executive power. And I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I imagine that Trump was their last president that they chose because they're NPR and I'm sure they wanted to hate on Trump. But uh, the presidents, I think the presidents that they mentioned, if I recall, one was Abraham Lincoln, um, but a big one was was FDR. Um, and it was actually quite an interesting story to, to listen to because it was about how over time the executive power, just the executive branch just 
did a power grab and FDR in particular. Uh, I didn't realize how the balls on this guy with his power, like he would say things to Congress that was like, give me the authority to do this. I'm going to do it anyway, even if you don't. Like he, he was really, really a tyrant. Like he really just was like, I'm grabbing power to do literally everything. Um, and there's a few examples. He's one of the worst. Um, but that we, I don't think, I mean, we were never actually a democracy, you know, that we were a representative republic, but still, um, yeah, I mean, we've ceded so much power to the executive branch. Yeah. Uh, yet it really matters who's president in a way that it shouldn't, right? Yeah. The president should kind of be like the chief of police. <clears throat> like it kind of matters, like, all right, you know, we're going to go arrest people. Like, we're not going to make up our rules and whatever. We're going to you know, execute the law in some way, but we're not, you know, it, it it shouldn't matter that much unless the chief of police is horribly corrupt, like many chiefs of police in major cities. <laughs> um, like it shouldn't matter that much, um, but it really does matter because of the so much power we've given. It's a good point. So th this is like a, a, great, a great time to bring up that Biden in January, published 37 executive orders, 37. And this is notable for two reasons, I think. One was that he had previously criticized Trump and the number of executive orders Trump had done. And two, in that same period of time, if you compare the that first month of January, whatever, it might even be true as of today. I haven't looked at the recent list, but um, he had done 37, Trump did six. Yeah. Trump did six and they and they criticized him and said, oh, so many executive orders, so many executive orders. And then and then six, thirty seven. I you know, I think that's one of the things that I think the media has gotten so overt that it, it's actually kind of nice. I think a lot of people are waking up precisely because the media has gotten so, it's this Trump thing has been a, a godsend for like it noticing the bias in the media. It's like, yeah. oh, I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous that it's not even necessary to point out. If you don't notice it, then I don't, there's nothing we can say that would show it to you. If you don't notice it, you're just like hiding under a rock, intentionally not paying attention. Um, you don't have to like the guy to notice the ridiculous, ridiculous double standards. Um, I mean, can you imagine if Trump fell up the stairs three times, we would be having never ending conversations about like, his health, his mental yeah. health, this, oh, that, yeah. you know, but Biden? Biden can barely speak. He's got like a shuffling gait. He falls up the stairs on the way to Air Force One and it's like, dum -dum -dum, everything's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. <laughs> Cheeky Mayor. Cheeky Mayor says, uh, the Cheeky Mayor's church leader, this is a quote from her church leader. He says, do no harm, but it's the pastor's choice. Dad's church still isn't open. My church has been open since June. Who did more harm? I mean, my opinion, I, I don't speak with any authority, just my opinion. It's more harm to be shut down. That's my opinion. I think that church, the churches have a duty to stand, to be open and to be a place for people to come for spiritual well-being and to you know communion and to and to be able to talk with the preacher in person face to face i think there's something really important about face to face communion and and community and you know 
we have this epidemic that's been happening because of the lockdowns, uh, because of this hysteria that we we threw ourselves into after COVID. And we have an epidemic of suicide, anxiety, depression, escalating addiction rates, domestic abuse, all this stuff that- Who would have predicted? Oh, wait right? a minute. But if you are a Christian, it's like, I, I would think that you would say that's the people go to get healing from that at church or they go to try and work on that at church and, and they turn to God and like the church has a duty to be open for the parishioners. It just, you know, I'm so grateful my church, my church started in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> they, they, they didn't even exist before. Who starts a church in a pandemic? Well, they did. Bradley Helgerson. Bradley does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, and I've heard them say, uh, one of the elders are saying, people were, people were saying, oh, you guys are crazy. Nobody's going to come to the church during a lockdown. And people came. Why? Because their churches were closed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's, because he's against the lockdown. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my um, opinion, Cheeky Mayor. I, and I'm, yeah, I know some people disagree with me, but that's what I think. Yeah, I don't. It's best if I remain silent on that issue. Minnesota Black Robe Regiment says, because we have the mistaken idea that Christ was nice, so we have to be nice too. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he overturned the money changers' tables in the churches and and threw people out. And yeah, he's not a, I, I, what is it? I, I, I come... I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but something I come bringing a sword, not whatever. Here, me, I'll read it. Cookies and but, whoever deny, but whoever <laughs> denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. Do not assume that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. There we go. That's the verse. It's, I'm rusty. It's been, you know, 30 years. So uh, I knew How I knew cookies and milk wasn't in there, but it was a sword against something good. I don't remember what. Yeah. Do you think it's funny I had that at my fingertips, Carter? I had already looked that verse up. <laughs> of course, of course, because we've been talking about that yeah. side of uh, the yeah. deity. Um, Mandy says, Carter has pissed off Carrie Bot so harsh, hard she's turned red. And Mandy put some flame emojis and a duck and another flame emoji. Oh, uh, that's on the phone. My skin looks red on the phone. Yeah. Oh, oh. I was trying to make Carrie Bot overheat. But it did not happen. If you see steam coming out of Carrie Bot's ears, super chat immediately. Adam Coleman says, too many of these churches care about the funds from the congregation versus the congregation itself. Right. Pastors want to be cultural icons these days. Yes. Yeah. Look, I mean, any belief system. Uh, so typically there are people who are have conviction in that and are very dedicated to that belief system. And... No, off, more often than not, maybe they don't end up with a really great material life, like well-being, like material. Maybe maybe they don't end up being billionaires. Uh, and then there's always like a bunch of grifters who come along in any belief system or any new thing or even an old thing. And so you see it in social justice. Um, you see it in anti-social justice. Yeah. You see it in Christianity. You see it in basically every religion. You see it in Buddhism. The California Buddhists are the funniest, right? Like actual Buddhists are are, are like 
<laughs> completely poor. <laughs> they have literally no possessions. Their life sucks. <laughs> but the California Buddhists are wearing Lululemon <laughs> pants and going to Jamba Juice. It's like it's hilarious. Um, so should, yeah, that guy that does the Instagram preachers and in sneakers, he should do Buddhists and <laughs> sneakers, right. Buddhists and Lululemon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michelle Greenwood, formerly Mike Drop. Hey, <laughs> hey, Michelle. You came out. You took your mask off. Now we know who you are. Oh. Uh, so the the uh, the doxing can start. I went to the store Saturday with no mask required for the first time in forever. Unmasking myself to celebrate. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Uh, I don't know where you live, but that's awesome. Cool. Uh, let's see. Blackbeard says, in my experience, Christians conflate the church with Christianity. They act like both aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> Yep, I agree with you, Blackbeard. Zach Adamson says, a large part of the U.S. is not standing up for the founding beliefs of freedom and individualism. It is not just the religious groups and infection in the whole body. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think they understand what those beliefs are, Zach. I don't. So freedom is. So I've been avoiding using this term for two years because I don't think people aren't familiar with this phrase. But Mark Pellegrino used it the other day on the show. So uh, <laughs> I'll use it, I guess. Uh it's a floating abstraction. Freedom is a floating abstraction for most people. Uh, and what that means is it's a concept. So uh, the hierarchy of concepts intellectually should always be rooted in, in actual physical perceptive reality. Like a chair starts with like, you can picture instances of chairs in your head. It's very clear, right? Maybe furniture, you can picture some stuff in your head. It's a little bit more abstract of a concept than a chair, right? Um, Man-made things, okay, that's a really big category. It gets more abstract. You can kind of work your way up, and freedom is a very abstract concept, but most people hold freedom in in their minds in, in what Ayn Rand would have called a floating abstraction. It's not actually tied to anything. They don't really know what it means. If asked to define it, they don't know what they mean by freedom. And they have these, well, it's good in these cases and not in this. And gee, too much freedom is bad here. It's be the reason they're confused about it, and it seems like a complex topic, is because it's a floating abstraction. They don't have a concrete understanding of what they mean definitionally by freedom. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is the whole body that's infected. And you know what? If I was going to designate an essential business, it would be some business that was focused on teaching individualism and like how to think and that kind of stuff. But if you think about, you know, the Bible verses about how the church is a body and yeah, me and I, when I say the church, I don't mean, you can also mean different things when you say the church, when I say the church, I mean uh, the a body of believers. And, mm -hmm. and there's this whole section of the Bible where it's talking about, not everyone has the same talents and gifts and not everyone has the same calling from God and somebody's the finger and somebody's the toe. And, you know, if you think about the whole body is infected. Somebody's the gangrene. On Somebody, that toe. Well, if you think about where we are culturally right now and with the church also being pulled by the culture in, instead of the other way around, which I think it should be the other way around. Then if you think of the whole body being um, infected right now, I think it's time for us little toes and other parts of the feet <laughs> to just start walking the church where we wanted to go and let the rest of the body be flail. I'm like, we want to be over here with the culture. And we're like, oh, the toes have the say. Like, we're, let's just move it ourselves. 
anyway. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think that analogy breaks down as soon as I was going to suggest that you, why don't you just cut off the toes and start a new body and then <laughs> it kind of fell apart because humans don't do that. I don't know. I'm the, the ankles <laughs> and the toes, <laughs> yeah. the feet, all the bones of the feet. We need to just get together. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Sweetbriar McCollum just gives us five bucks. Thank you, Sweetbriar. Little Ragamuffin says, when I heard the word Jesus, oh, she's quoting um, Francis Schaefer. And she says, uh, when I heard the word Jesus, I listened carefully, hear the word Jesus, I listened carefully because I have with sorrow become more afraid of the word Jesus than almost any other word in the modern world. That was probably true at a time when the big threat to justifying authoritarianism came from the right came from uh, and from Christians. Um, and I think that was probably true for actually a lot of history was justified. Uh, you know, Jesus was used to justify some abhorrent behavior. Obviously, the Westboro Baptist Church would like to keep that spirit alive. Um, but uh, nowadays, I don't know. I, it's like <laughs> nowadays it's the words like it's words like equity and <laughs> activism yeah. and progressivism that make you shiver. Uh, A.W. says, I think you are referencing Matthew 7 through 5, or 7, 5, sorry. Uh, first, remove the beam out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, there was uh, an oblique reference to that for that one, I think. I think somewhere yeah, that was probably when I was talking about, like, I don't, I have my own beam in my eye. I didn't use that verse, but you're right. Why would I be talking about the speck in someone else's? I don't even know the con the context of the speck, and if it's a big problem for them or you know what I mean? It's not even, it's not my business. I have to get the beam out of my eye. Right. Liberty that, solutions. Sorry. We need to get rid of we, the, the whole Karen idea of like, you know, the busybody wants to control everyone and, you know, call the manager, get God on the phone and judge this person. Right. Like there's Karens in the church too. And just like there's Karens in social justice. And I just don't like that personality type, no matter where they are. It's like none of your business. So Unless someone's coming to you and asking for your help and your prayer for their issue and your advice. I, I mean, I know there are certain, I know there's a verse about, okay, let me think about this for a second. There is a verse about going to someone in the church and, and um, not to someone outside, not to a non-believer like you, Carter, but if my sister in Christ, who a believer, if I see her um, descending into some type of sin that gets control over her, we're all going to sin. We, you have to acknowledge that we're all going to sin. But, but if I see her being controlled by some type of sin, there is a verse and I forget where it is, but it's about having a duty to go to her in love and confront her about that thing. And that's sort of what you were asking about before. It's just that I don't view everyone's like, Oh, you sinned yesterday. That's not the same thing as being possessed by and controlled by something that really, you know, gets a grip on someone. If there was someone in church um, who ha had a little too much to drink out of church social, I don't feel the need to go to them and be like, I'm confronting you in love. You drank too much last night. No. But if I see that their life is in a downward spiral because they have a problem with alcohol and they're getting into trouble with it, then yeah, I think you're compelled to go and talk to them. You know, does that make sense? Anyway. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, I look, I feel compelled to talk to people that I care about. The more I care about them, the more I want to talk to them about their behavior. The less I care about them, the less I give a crap what they're doing. Yeah. Like, if I don't care about them, they can go down in their destructive blaze of glory, and it's not really my business. If it's my daughter, 
I care very much, like little things even. I'm like, okay, we need to have a conversation about this little thing because I don't yeah. want it to become worse. Um, Penumbra. All right, Liberty. Go, sorry, go ahead. This one's on the screen. I know this dude. Oh. He says, Carrie's hat makes me want to have a tea party <clears throat> and say things like, oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm imagining you, sir, in this hat. <laughs> um, but actually, it, you do look like you would be say, having a tea party saying, oh, heavens to Betsy. That's, I got, the, that's I, the best description of that hat ever. It's a real kind of Easter hat, you know. It was Easter yesterday, so I felt like yeah. wear it today. I love um, it. <clears throat> just for the atheists in the audience, I'm sorry, Christians, but... Uh, I'm going to say it anyway, because the atheists, I, we always, we celebrate Zombie Jesus Day on, on, on Sunday. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> I'm so offended. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Liberty Solution says, I was not married in a church. Only the state approved my marriage, not any church or church representative. Am I therefore a sinner to a Christian? Wait, read it Resident again. Christian? Uh <laughs> I was not married in a church. Only the state approved my marriage, not any church or church rep. Am I therefore a sinner to a Christian? Are you a Christian? No, that's Keith. Oh, that's Keith asking. Well, first but of all, you're definitely a sinner, Keith. But I, I mean, let's see what I the mean, Christian says. Christians believe everybody sins. So yes, that's the answer. Yes, you're a sinner. <laughs> not necessarily because of the context of your question. I don't I don't know how to also, answer you're, that. Also, you're a dirty, stinking capitalist. So. I have questions about a lot of those kind of rules too from anyway okay uh by the way i think a lot of the way those rules are justified uh at least a lot of the christian arguments are that the old testament stuff is ignored obviously because jesus brought in new rules and the old stuff can go away so you can kind of ignore a lot of the old i think that's the i don't know well, how jews they, deal with it though because they're stuck with the old testament so Right. I don't know, like, do they need to send their women out on the outskirts of the village to menstruate? I'm not sure. I haven't seen the Jewish yeah, community do that. But they do follow some of the food rules. Um, yeah. C. Jones, this is on screen. Hi, C. Jones. I, I just uh, used the mug that you sent me yesterday. He sent me a mug with his dog on it and tiger. C. Jones says, thanks, Carrie. Your hat takes me to church today. Happy Monday. Love you both. Never get to catch you live. Well, I'm glad you're here today. Hey, welcome. Verity Renaissance says, just wanted to say that you're this Christian favorite, this Christian's favorite atheist, Carter. <laughs> Love you too, Carrie. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I don't, you know, I don't know thank how you. that happened, but it did happen. <laughs> I don't know. But just to be clear, I spent my late 20s being like a really evangelical atheist, like picking fights with Christians constantly. Um, I really, really found it necessary to yell that God, like, to really convince people that God didn't exist. Do you think that you were fighting with your former self, your former Christian self, in a way, or exercising that, what you didn't like I about I think it was a combination of that. I was also fighting with my dad without realizing it. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I was I was fighting with a lot of other things. And, and I think, um, frankly, I, I think it makes sense sometimes when you um, – when you switch, when you make such a dramatic, it was a huge dramatic, I've talked about it before on the show, but it was a huge change for me. Um, and it was very painful and it was, it was very difficult. And I think when you've done that, a lot of times you, um, <clears throat> you really 
end up overcompensating because you need to really, um, you're kind of shaky and you need to like really commit fully. Uh, otherwise you can end up in this anxious place of like, I'm not sure. And like, maybe you regret, like you really, like I, if anything, I'm not just saying being an atheist, but like being a Christian, like you really, like, you really need to come out. Like a lot of new Christians are much more, um, we'll say concerned about what the Bible says and the right thing to do and the church, like you are, right? Then a lot of like Christians that have been around for a while are just, some of it's good and some of it's bad, right? The The bad part is sometimes they just get numbed to it and they become cynical and like, eh, this is the way it do is. Do you think I'm very overly concerned with the what the Bible says? Or very concerned? Um, uh, you're very uh, excited about it, right? You're very like, this is, you know, yeah, like I, I do, I don't think you're evangelical, but you're very like, that's your new direction. And you're very, like, I don't, I don't think there's anything bad about that. I'm just saying like, that, that makes sense, right? You're separating yourself very clearly from your former self by doing that. And mm -hmm. I think it's probably psychologically healthy to do. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think it's bad. I, I, I did that for a while as an atheist and um and then i got to the spot as an atheist where i realized actually um i'm not the atheist jesus i don't need to save the world <laughs> like i don't need to like it's not you know i need to live my life stand up for what i believe in if someone wants to have a conversation about it i love talking about it actually i actually really it's fun to talk about I, I like debating generally. I like discussions about ethics and morals generally. And and so, sure, but it's but you're not, not- You're not evangelical about it. I'm not compelled to change because here's the thing. I guess this is the other thing I realized. Most atheists suck. Like most <laughs> atheists are like horrible Marxists. And it was like, okay, well, I don't really know what my, like, what am I doing? I'm trying to convince these people to not, like, not believe in God when they're like, there's like this Marxist onslaught destroying Western civilization. Like, that seems about, a lot more relevant, right? That's how I feel about, like, the West Baptist Church Christians. It's like, oh, gosh. Like, you guys just drop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I've, you and I have said, I've said this to you before, Carrie, but, like, I would love for our culture to get to a spot where the most important thing for us to talk about is our differences religiously, um, like you and me, because uh, that would mean so much else is taken care of. Yeah, I don't know where you went. I'm just talking to your. I can hear you. Screen now. I figured you could, but yeah. Uh, all right. Why bother? Says uh, the people seem to confuse anti-vaxxers and people who are hesitant to take a specific. Uh, developed in rush vaccine. What a nuanced blindness. It's intentional nuanced blindness. Why bother? And and it's they're using their they're painting people with this anti-vaxxer stance because or anti-vaxxer brush because the anti-vaxxer movement has already been largely discredited by the mainstream. Um, so anti-vaxxers are already vilified. They're already considered a little bit loony and crazy by the mainstream. I'm not making a statement about that. I actually don't know. All the, I actually do know some people with some nuanced views on certain vaccines 
and not the same views on other vaccines. And I think they get lumped into the anti-vaxxer category as well because they, you know, don't just blindly love all vaccines all the time. Um, so this is just this is just a technique, right? They they're they're throwing. It's like it's like calling you know Trump supporters Nazis. They're just using a word that everyone already dislikes and labeling it them. And they're like, oh, it applies because Nazis were white and some Trump supporters are white. Oh, it's a, it applies because, you know, uh, this is a vaccine. Therefore, <laughs> they're anti-vaxxers. It's like, all right. Um, and that's, in, that's intentional. That's intentional. It's intentional, yeah. Uh, Andrew Joinder says, er, got nothing. Hi, anyway. Hey, Andrew. Thank you, sir. Matt Decker, who's on screen right now, says religion and cowboys kept hat kept felt hats alive. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Religion and cowboys kept felt hats alive. It's true. Trying to think of another example of a felt hat. Well, like the uh, fedora. Yeah, I was thinking like detectives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, detectives in film noir kept felt hats alive. All right. Uh, Let's see. All right, all right, all right. Says the latest Benjamin Boyce, James Lindsay, and woke distance session makes a masterful and beautiful case for the Atheist Plus Christian Alliance. Must watch. I really want to see that. Cool. Thank okay. you for that. Um, M. Tax Shark says, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. All the lyrics. The word we're looking for here is liberty. Get a job. Get job, folks. I think, I don't know if that's get a job. Get a job or good job, but whatever. Uh, yeah, but even liberty is a floating abstraction for a lot of people. I'm tax shark, right? Liberty from what, right? A lot of times people say things. I mean, we've had this conversation about freedom and liberty before, actually. Uh, freedom think- is a political, a political value. Freedom from other things is not necessarily even desirable or possible or something that's rational to want. So freedom from consequences, freedom from reality, freedom, like none of that stuff makes sense. Political freedom is a specific, very specific kind of freedom that most people implicitly are talking about when they say freedom, but not everyone understands. I think I think actually liberty is even more of an abstraction for people than freedom. Maybe. If you ask most people, what does liberty mean? I think it's harder to define even than freedom. Yeah, because they'll say things like, well, do I have the liberty to just, and then they'll just mouth off a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that makes no sense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cheeky Mare says, uh, my toes are to the body, like the big fat Greek wedding quote. The man is the head of the family, but the woman is the neck. The toes <laughs> need to move. <laughs> I don't know that quote. Thank you. Uh, okay, that one we read. Uh, the woman that one we dead. read. I'll fight you naked. Says Carrie, you need a fan and weird glasses to go with the hat. She needs the horn-rimmed glasses. Mm, the SJW. No, glasses? no, they're too hipstery. I think you need uh, tortoise shell horn-rimmed glasses. The fan is good though. Fans good. Yeah, these are SJW kind of or uh Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Penumbra Syndicate says Carter, the single scariest word in our culture today is power. It's often the unspoken goal of all conflicts in public these days. That's a good that's a good uh it is good observation. Power is is probably the single scariest it, word. Or at it least it's also underneath it, everything. It's at the core of social justice ideology. 
I know we've talked about this before, but that's at the core. If you want to start wrapping your head around what is social justice, they believe power is the center of everything. It's it's what they worship. It's what they want. They think the world is best looked at as a competition for it between identity groups. That's why they redefine words like racism and sexism with power in the definition. No, racism is prejudice plus power. You know, who has the power? Which groups? By the way, power, another one of these abstract words. Yeah. Floating abstraction. Yeah. They don't know what they mean by power. They don't. Actually, there are different types of power. Some yes. of them are perfectly acceptable. And some of them are in, in are, are inacceptable or like are bad. So you have um, to ask them also how they define power because they'll, they'll apply a, um, so for me, I'm a woman, right? They'll say, well, you don't have power. You don't have the power to be sexist towards a man that the man has the power and you don't. Okay. Well, how are you defining power? If you believe that, well, you're defining it collectively. You're saying collectively women don't have power. Well, I think it's the, there the definition is sexism that they're defining incorrectly. Right, right. But but let me see if I can articulate this so you understand what I'm saying. They're saying that as a woman, I don't have the power to be sexist towards you, Carter. Where is my power? How are they defining power? They're saying it comes from my group status being a woman. They're not looking at my individual, like, it, I could be your boss, and then I definitely have the power to be sexist towards you. You could be... Um, uh, well, everyone has the power. So right there, it's the fact that they've defined sexist to mean only a particular direction. It's a unidirectional right. thing. So you don't have any power whatsoever to be sexist if you're a woman and sexism is defined as they've defined it. Yeah, You can't possibly. Yeah. But if sexism Sorry. is what we colloquially mean sexism to be, which is one sex yeah treating the other you know treating someone different on the basis of sex or like discriminating on the basis of sex well that you have lots of power to do um yeah. even if it's your boss even you if have the power to be sexist to the president of the united states you could say i don't know i can't think of anything sexist to say about biden but whatever like you could say something about his horrible toxic masculinity well, not that he has any um but you can be sexist to, you can be sexist to someone who's got different economic power or political prejudice. power or whatever. But that's how insane it is. So they would say someone like Hillary Clinton, for example, who's a person who has a lot of power, right? Um, they would say that no matter what she does to any individual man, it might be prejudice if it's based on if it's based on sex, if it's based on him being a man. It might be prejudice, but it's not sexism. Right, because that's no matter, how they define sex. That's how they define it, yeah. But whatever that, if it's a little man who has no power whatsoever, whatever he says or says about her or does, or if it's about her sex, if it's based on her being a woman, well, that's sexist. Because he's not just prejudiced, he's got power. <laughs> Even if he's like some no-name dude, he's got power. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things, right? That, again, power is this word that like, I don't think anyone ever knows what they mean by it. It's so vague and it's so floating and it can mean a lot of different things, right? Is it, you know, uh, is it an electrical engineering term? Is it a Newtonian physics term? Do we mean political power? Do we mean power within an organization to do hiring and firing? Even the CEO of a company doesn't have absolute power to do things. The CEO can't, the, you know, his or her hands are tied 
for certain things. You can have the power, you can have sexual power over someone just because they find you attractive. That gives you power. They don't care like, about that. They just care about societal and political. They, and I think they predominantly care about political power. Yeah. They care about political power, what they, what they call societal power, and, uh, and they care about financial power. Yeah. I think I, I bet if they had to choose between the two, I think they care about political power more than financial power because they know that it's a gun and they want it. Yeah. Because um, with political power, they can solve the financial power imbalance easily. Oh, yeah. They just steal it. Yeah. Right. Matt Deckard says, hats like a crown for a king or a pillbox for a bellboy would denote power, Carrie. Yeah. That entire infrastructure of hats to indicate position collapsed. What what hat does what power uh, position does Carrie have, given her hat status today? I don't know. You know uh, that actually was you know the phrase "well healed." He's well healed. Kind of. I don't use it. I think it's a British phrase that had to do with boots. Sounds British. And it came to do yes. with you were well healed. Well healed came to mean that you, you nice were shoes. wealthy or powerful because you you could afford. The writing boots. Italian loafers. Yes. <laughs> writing boots. <laughs> <sighs> I have a buddy who I mocked for. He was like a, he was in the firearms training community, like super switched on guy, did a whole bunch of stuff. And at some point in his life, he started to buy, because he had success in his life and he started to buy fancy Italian shoes. So I used to mock him. He defended himself rather uh vociferously and effectively oh. about the value of good italian loafers look i would tell you and you know anybody <laughs> I, I i don't fault anyone for spending a lot of money on footwear because footwear is it it affects your spine and it affects the way you carry yourself and i used to know people who this is i'm not this is not hyperbole people who would go to the doctor with back problems here in texas and then a couple people told me that the doctor's like you either need surgery or you need to get yourself a nice handmade pair of boots <laughs> like to put oh. your spine in good alignment, you know? Hmm. And, and if it's surgery a well, your boots. <laughs> and if it's a well-made <laughs> pair, you know, it's also a lifetime purchase because you just get it resold. So that doctor knew exactly what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Did that doctor happen to own a boot shop? <laughs> well, Either we can slice you open and muck with your spine, or there's boots. What do you think about boots, Gary? Uh, uh, Andrew Joyner says, seeing people just as part of a collective and not as an individual is really impersonal, in my opinion. Well, I think it's not even your opinion. I think that's by definition. I think it's kind of impersonal. I, I don't think that you have to couch that and that's your opinion. I would argue that you could make an objective case for that. People as part of a co collective is, by definition, impersonal. Um, yeah. Very... So I hear you, Andrew. I think I think you're right. Whew. Okay, I think we got through super chats. Um, Thank you guys. At least for now. And whew. I don't know what else should we talk about. There's a few other things, I guess, but. Uh, I mean, that's mostly what was on my mind this morning was the religious stuff. And, um, well, what else did you want to talk about? I don't have a lot. Um, I realized I didn't mention, um, I do have the sign back here. Wait, I can't ever point properly that right there. 
uh, that says feature. <clears throat> it's just a really short thing, but it's something that I thought about, and it's and it's um. I think a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, Carter, duh. But I'm going to say it anyway, just in case there's some dummies like me who just didn't realize it until just now. Um, I've been hearing a lot about scandals like there's the Matt Gates scandal crap, which I don't even know what to think about. I don't think there's any actual evidence that I've seen so far, but whatever. Um, there's Hunter Biden on the other side of the aisle. There's like all these, there's always kind of scandals and stuff. And, uh, I know it's cliche to say, oh, the scandals just distract us. They're there to like distract us from bigger issues, right? Um, but I realized, I think actually having people in positions of power who are prone to scandal, like having people prone to that kind of stuff, uh, I think it's actually a feature of the cathedral and deep state. It's not a bug. They're not reluctantly dealing with this. And it's not just so that they distract us. They deflect criticism of the ideas and the principles because they force you to question the people that implement them. And so instead of questioning, hey, what are the principles this whole thing is based on? Why are we doing whatever it is, like this massive expansion of government since FDR or whatever it is? What are the principles here? Instead of questioning the principles and asking big questions about the system, you're blaming failures on, well, there was Richard Nixon and then there was this politician. It's just that people are always problem. They're always problems. The people always have, they're, they're bad people. They've always got issues. And you actually don't want a government full of people without issues because then if things don't go well, you have to start looking actually at the government itself. Um, and you start have to ask big questions. So it allows them, if you think about Marxism, this is what they've done throughout history. It allows them to, well, it was great, but Stalin wasn't the right guy. <laughs> you know, Mao just wasn't the right, he was he just wasn't the right guy. Right. You know, it would have worked, but it's the wrong guy. And you know what it's like, we have so many wrong guy. I mean, look at us, we got, you know, Hunter Biden and we have, all these people look there's scandals it's just the wrong guy we got to find the right guy there is no right guy right and if there were if stalin for example had nothing to criticize actually i don't know that he has a lot personally to criticize i don't know a lot about stalin but they just say oh he was a madman because people died or whatever okay fine but they they always try and blame the individual and it helps to have an individual with foibles or with really deep-seated problems that you can blame on, like, oh, this guy has, this guy's a pedophile, this guy cheats on his wife, this guy does whatever, this guy's a um, stole money or was corrupt or did it like, they need all that so that we just, so that we continue to have faith in the farce of a system that they're trying to sell us. And we just direct all of our anger at tearing down some douchebag who's done something wrong. When it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if Hunter Biden did anything wrong. Hunter Biden is literally irrelevant. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. There's lots of rich, spoiled Hunter Bidens in the world. They're irrelevant. What matters is <laughs> we have a massively out of control authoritarian state that is 
basically right now in a race with China to see who can control their population faster. Yeah. They actually do the same, not just with individuals, but with the parties. You know, they get people mm -hmm. so invested in this pointless distraction of, of whether or not Republicans are the bad guys or Democrats are the bad guys. And when the truth is that uh, they're not all that different. <laughs> they're different in some important ways still, but they're not all that different. And um, both parties, just like individuals, ha have a lot of problems and are capable of corruption and and are capable of, of doing bad things and putting forward bad policies. And But they get people invested in this whole us versus them thing. And they're always like able to like you said, instead of looking at the system, how the system plays us and uses us, they instead are like, all of these problems are because of the previous administration or the current administration. If it's the party I don't like, it's always the fault of the other party. And or if, it's, if it is yeah. your party, it's the fault of the guy who was the bad guy in your party who and, did the yeah. bad things. Yeah. And if it was the guy and if it's the other, it's the whole party when it's the it's other the party. party. But yeah. they, you're right. They keep it. They keep people believing in these boogeyman of like the other parties, the bad guys, or this individual person in in my party is a bad guy. But they they, they keep them distracted. It's almost like <clears throat> I was talking about this with my fellow. I will sometimes get into conversations with people online who believe in all the distracting stuff, who are kind of like in the matrix or whatever, and right. they'll they'll assume all these things about me. They'll say you know, you people and you this and you that. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Um, who, who are you talking to? And they'll, and they'll, even when I tell them, I don't agree with something they're saying, they still insist on believing it about me. So for example, there was that woman, uh, oh, I can't stand her, Karen Tamaris. She started this group that I've told you about. And she invited me to join the group based on this essay I'd written. And the group is about using civility it's a bunch of progressives who are using civility as a tool, not as an end of itself, but as a tool to convince Trump voters how wrong they are and how deplorable they are. So it's almost like it's like dishonestly using civility. It's like, hey, if you listen to them first and then you can get their trust and then you can tell them why they're wrong. It's not about, hey, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we should listen with an open mind. <laughs> it's about pretending to listen with an open mind. Anyway, that woman she likes to post these questions on her page where she'll make it like for Republicans only answer this question, right? Democrats only answer this. So she's heavily invested in the Democrats versus Republican thing. I don't think she doesn't even know what to do with those of us who don't, who are not, either. I'm like, how do I answer? Which poll do I respond to? I'm not, I'm a lifetime Democrat until 2018. And then I voted for Republicans, but I'm not registered as either. And like, I, anyway, she had a question during Trump's first impeachment and it was, it was like, you know, uh, why do you disagree with the impeachment? Make your case. And I responded something to the effect of, I don't disagree. I don't care. I don't care about the impeachment. I think it's a huge distraction. It's, it's, it's theater. It's a circus. It's meant to keep us looking over here. And she's like, okay, so make your case why you disagree with it. I'm like, I, are you not listening to me? <laughs> She's like, she has to put you in that 
one of these two camps, right? And and she doesn't understand. And I have so many conversations with people like that who will just make all these blanket assumptions about me. And especially when they are lazy and they try to use sarcasm to put words in your mouth and they'll say, oh, I guess the, the coronavirus is a hoax, right? And Trump's like the greatest ever, right? And I'm like, do you believe that? Because if you do, Godspeed, like, that's really weird. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm trying to say you believe it. And it's like, well, I don't. So... <laughs> by the way every time you tell me stories like this i'm very thankful that i'm not on social media because i have no interactions like that ever i have interactions like this all the time and they really want to assign all these things to you and it's hard to say to them like okay it's like you're playing checkers and everything is either a red piece or a black piece and you you really want me to play this game with you and you want me to be the red piece or the black piece. And it's like, I'm not playing checkers. Do you I'm understand? Right. I'm not playing checkers. <laughs> I'm playing darts. Like, Oh, and they, they don't understand. It's like, they're like, you don't agree with me. Okay. Well, well, I'm black. So that means you're red. And it's like, no, no, I'm not red either. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> you're making me think of this when we, we talked about, uh, power and people, people, the wrong people being in charge. I just, I just realized this and I think it needs to be said explicitly. The social justice warriors are going after power. Their enemies, us, I'm not defining ourselves in, in opposition to them, but this is the basic individual rights argument. And this is why they hate it so much. There shouldn't be power. There shouldn't be that political power. That political power should not exist. That's why they hate individualism. That's why they've categorized individualism as uh, white supremacy. <laughs> That's why they hate the kind of libertarian argument. That's why they call it all right and Nazi and fascist. Because we are literally saying that prize that you want we want to vaporize it. We don't want it to exist. We want to throw the ring of power into Mordor. <laughs> you want to hold it and yeah. and wear it around. No, we want to destroy the ring. That's what makes us enemies. We yeah, don't want they, the ring of power. We want to destroy it. That's way worse to them. Okay, let me play on that for a second and combine okay. this with what I was saying. They yeah. don't understand that you really do want to throw the ring into the lake of fire. They think you want to wear it because they want to wear it. And they don't... They're playing checkers and they're like, wait, you don't want me to wear the ring of power. You must want to wear the ring of power. I'm like, no, no, I really want to throw the ring of power into the lake of fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the point. Yeah. You really want it, but they can't to them. An opponent that wants the ring makes so much more sense. Yeah. And they can fight that. And it's not threatening because if the opponent gets the ring, at least the ring still exists and maybe, maybe they can wrestle it back from the opponent. If you throw the ring into the fire. Yeah they're screwed right right like can you imagine if tomorrow you woke up and the federal government was reduced in size to what it was in 1800 Unbelievable. i mean i think they would commit suicide <laughs> that i they they would not know they would be beside themselves what the hell would they be arguing over they, their entire life would their entire life purpose would just vaporize before their yeah. eyes because everything is about that power they want to wield that power Whereas if you woke up tomorrow and the Republicans wielded that power, eh, there'd be more protests and like there'd be more of a call, more to fight for. Yeah. Like, okay, we gotta get the we gotta get the ring, we gotta get the ring. 
Um, it's the destruction of the ring that scares the hell out of them. And yeah. by the way, it scares the hell out of both parties, which is one of the reasons, aside from Libertarians' own self-defeat and ineptitude, uh, one of the reasons the Libertarian Party will never exist, uh, really. You never really have a have power because <laughs> they ostensibly, or at least are viewed as wanting to throw the ring into the fire. And that's well, not the, cool with anyone. They want to take office and then be like, now let's reduce some of our jobs. <laughs> let's get rid of some of our jobs. Right. Like, Let's make the government smaller. Thanks for electing us. Now we're gonna start firing ourselves. I, I have it. I will admit, I've had fantasies about like if you if I end up president, I, I'm never running. I am never running for any office. But I have fantasies of like if, like what would I do with executive orders? And I just I'm trying to think like how much <laughs> how quickly could I dismantle everything? But like if you just fire people, you just dismantle everything. I mean, I guess they could rebuild it. But uh, just mass I don't know. I, government layoffs. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. I. It would be fun to say, like, how quickly can you just literally just dismantle the entire apparatus? Um, I don't know. I probably everyone me, would get in my way. The Supreme Court would say that I was wrong. I couldn't do that, and Congress wow. would pass laws about you have to keep the EPA and blah blah blah, whatever it is. Yeah. Yes, I have fantasies, Scott Woman. It's not that doesn't sound as cool when you say it. Uh, <laughs> sounds weird. Carrie, are you on mute? I can't hear you. Yeah, because the mailman just came. My dogs are. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, my uh, fiance has been reading this book about Lincoln, this biography, or and I was just thinking about secession. If we, if one of the states, like if Texas were to try to secede, like realistically and not in a way that the media treated like a joke, would they let us go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I, I'd like to have some answer, but I don't know. I don't think it's obvious that they would let you go. And I don't think it's obvious that they would fight. Both seem pretty viable options. If they did let you go, it would be temporary. Uh, I think best case is they would kind of let you go kind of like temporarily and be like, well, we'll get around to smacking them into place and get later, but we're going to let them go for now. There's no way they'll let you go forever. Uh, if you successfully secede, they will not let you go forever because they, they don't let, they're not going to let any place in the world go without being in charge of it like that's just the globalist agenda it's it's in the name globalism <laughs> like they they're not going to let you go but maybe maybe they'll let you go temporarily um and, and maybe texas and then, scares them i don't know and here's my follow-up question <clears throat> if a state likes like texas were to try to secede would the general population view it as something akin to Hong Kong fighting for its independence from China, or would they view it as treason? They would view it as a, here's how it would be spun in the media. And when I say the media, I mean the global media everywhere. It will be spun as uh, fascists who are seceding to have form a Nazi state. Wow. <laughs> That's how it will be spun. Yeah. Except for perhaps China who might say, woohoo, 
the U.S. is horrible. These are freedom fighters. China might like jump on their side just to poke, like stick it to the U.S. Wow. Right? Okay. Um, <laughs> like I can see China just like supporting them basically just <clears throat> because they want to destroy the U.S. Uh, but obviously, you know, China's support comes with <laughs> with China. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's not it's not who you want to be in bed with all long term, but uh, so how did, I think if any how, state could do it, Texas has got the reputation to get away with it, though. That's the thing. Any other state, I think people would be like, what the hell? We have to do something about that. But Texas, just by reputation, I think people's cultural attitude would be like, finally, figures, <laughs> Texans, right? Figures. <laughs> would they view it like how do you, how does the world? I don't know enough about this uh, separatist movement in Spain, but maybe you do the the Catalonia the you know Catalonia how they're, one. they're trying to secede basically um, I don't know how people view it in Europe at all I mean I have my opinions and I know the story but I don't know how it's viewed mm -hmm. do you I don't maybe somebody in the chat knows but I need to read more about Spain and Catalonia because I'm interested in that stuff now like how would it be received um, how would the media portray it how would the general population view it and could we ever get to a place where it's viewed as something other than, because I think there's some Texas like state representative who just, who drew up some papers of secession recently, but obviously it's not being treated as anything serious. It's being treated as a joke because the, the population isn't there yet. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Liberty solutions is on screen right now. So I'll read it. Uh, <laughs> He says, a question is, is if Biden is as evil as Lincoln. If so, he would send bombers to destroy Austin, Houston, Dallas, and force Texas back, as Lincoln would have done. Yeah. Uh, but it's not Biden's decision. It will be Kamala and, and et al's decision, right? It will, be, it will be the puppet masters that would decide. Um, I think it will be hard in a connected internet world for the United States to maintain its reputation in the world and try and quell a legal secession uh, by Texas. I think that might prove difficult for them. Uh, I'm not I'm sure read, though. I'm gonna read one of these, why bother? Thank you, why bother? Because I had a conversation in which I was asked which one is a decent human being, Biden or Trump? The answer, none of them, none of them shorted the circuit. I had to suffer through a few hours that followed. Yeah. What a horrible question. Which is a decent what? human being? They're like, no, play checkers with me. I demand it. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not playing checkers. You will play checkers. <laughs> Pirate Tomsky says, Carter's 24 message, 2024 message, vote for me and I'll do nothing. I think if we ever did, if you ever did run for office, Carter, your slogan should be like, no, I really do want to throw the ring, the power, the ring of power. <laughs> yeah. the fire. Destroy the ring. <laughs> yeah. Destroy the ring. Vote for me, destroy the ring. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, the I'm not a politician kind of person. I would never run. run vote for me and I'll make my job obsolete. Uh, yeah. Matt Deckard <laughs> says, can't leave globalism, carry. It's inevitable. Yeah. And G-Man, well, by the way, said the one we missed was G-Man mm -hmm. said, booked my plane tickets for the retreat. But at checkout, the website only had male, female options for gender. Troubling. I think the word you're looking for, G-Man, is problematic. And you okay. should write a strongly worded letter to the airline complaining. I booked tickets recently. 
I can't remember what it was on, and they. Oh, oh no, I know I was what it say, was. Not to the retreat because you don't need to fly. No, I, I actually it was a. I was going to the doctor's office and I booked an appointment online, and they had a series of questions I had to answer. Not just my. But by the way, here are the options for gen at the doctor's office: male, female, other, undecided, undecided. I'm going to the doctor. <laughs> like, maybe the doctor should know what sex I am. Um, but you know, and then <laughs> undecided. <laughs> Why is that so funny to me? <laughs> I can't decide. And you get to the doctor and you're like, I haven't decided what sex I am. Oh no, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> just did he just go in and drop your pants and be like, "What do you think?" Um, but I'm here to have a pap smear. Undecided, <laughs> <What? laughs> but I'd like a pap smear. <laughs> a testicular exam. Undecided. <laughs> Why are you here today? I'd like to get pregnant. Undecided about my gender, but. <laughs> You're, you're having a baby. Doctor, do you know if it's male, female, or is it an undecided? I'm waiting for that, that the ultrasound results to be like, uh, oh, your baby is a large empty room. Your baby. In other words, you're not pregnant. Maybe. <laughs> By the way, the large empty room is a reference. There was a, someone at Google who claimed to identify as a large yeah, empty room. Yeah, Google had an uh, employee seminar where they talked about um not just uh not just a non-binary gender identity but also um with the <laughs> multiple personality and oh but and, dragon can i think that was yeah and they had, a, they had an employee make a presentation to the other google employees about how um she identified as a multicolored dragon and as a large empty room <laughs> <laughs> You know what's great about you know what's great about the internet is that in 300 years all of this will still exist, and the historians will be like, when you when they have to teach the downfall of America, it will be like a hilarious documentary. Like, yeah. And then this was taken seriously. Yeah. Here's here's a major multinational corporation yeah. giving a presentation from a multicolored dragon slash large empty room. Yes, I I kind of. The way that I watch uh, true crime documentaries now and like cult documentaries and stuff, I really want to, I would love to be able to watch if, if history is told accurately, I'd like to be able to watch whatever documentaries are made in 30 years about what this time period was like, you know, <laughs> it's like, um, you know, and, and they put forward the idea that um, you could be a dragon and a large empty room to your personalities your identities and yeah it, i don't know well just, unless they stuff all of us onto boxcars someone will make that documentary in 30 years so yeah don't you worry <laughs> yeah I, i'm hopefully i'm still around for it um <laughs> someone says carter the downfall of the u.s will read like a monty python monty python script boom daniel keen bringing it right back to the beginning of the show daniel good keen. job uh uh, the gay rascal says gender ostication party. <laughs> That's really funny. The latest California wildfire was begun by a couple throwing their gender obfuscation party. They used gender. multicolored flares in a large empty field. <laughs> Christopher Robin 
Thank you. I love that name. It says, uh, what would actually change if secession actually happened? Well, here's a couple things. I have a couple ideas. If that, first of all, we're so far, I think, right now, but that could that could change quickly, you know, from it being a reality. But um, if it happened, I think in, if it happened, if Texas seceded, for example, I think that you would get a lot of um, liberty-minded, freedom-minded people who've been trying to figure out where to move. You would get a lot of them moving here because they would view that as a sign that there's a place that's invested in in preserving what America is supposed to be about, freedom and liberty and equality under the law. And uh, so I think you would get an influx of those people. And I think that influx of those people would cause a bunch of the woke people to leave. I actually do think some of them would leave if, if, and so I think you Probably would get not to a, Canada like they're promising, but, but they would leave. so you would actually get a state that was highly concentrated in freedom minded people. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I, you know, we had this sort of broad conversation recently. I forget which episode Carter we were talking about. Does this always happen? Maybe it was on the episode with Sonny where like if you had a place that was liberty minded and where people went and said, okay, we want to separate from this, the United States because the United States is, is separating from the constitution and we'd like to preserve the constitution and, and the, the principles that we were founded on. Okay. Well, in that society, would things eventually evolve again? I kind of think so. I think this is a cycle that. Yeah. Unless you, it. unless you became, uh, I mean, what needs to happen? And I think, I don't remember if it was that episode or not, but uh, what needs to happen is we need to identify explicitly the principles upon which um, the country is being founded, because this will be a new country, right? Um, it will be the country of Texas or whatever. And you would need to, I think you would need to iterate on government in some way and say like, okay, well, what can we do to prevent this in the future? Um, and I, there's a lot, a lot of people would have lots of ideas. I've got some ideas, but like you might, you might change things fundamentally about the structure of the government, right? Maybe you wouldn't do universal suffrage in the same way, right? I mean, that's a big change. Maybe mm -hmm. you wouldn't have universal suffrage. Maybe mm -hmm. you would have restrictions on voting. Um, there would be huge debates, I imagine, about what those restrictions would mean. And like I I've heard arguments for voting taxes, like uh, you pay to vote, but I I have problems with that, uh, and and I would argue against that as well. So like I think you could have a you'd have to have a conversation, but the the way to have that conversation is you would need to start with a culture that's pretty pretty much in agreement about we want to preserve this. We know what it is that we want to preserve. We want to preserve the purpose of this, this new Texas government is to protect individual rights. This is what individual rights mean. This is what it doesn't mean. This is like, it's not, this is not majority rule. That's not the goal. Hmm. Um, and, and you'd have to have debates about how to implement that best. And I think you could start from the U S constitution. Um, but you'd probably have to do, you'd probably have to change it. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, you know me, ultimately, I think the culture matters and the philosophy matters more than the political system. So, um, you know, it'll last as long as the, that culture lasts. But you can, you know, you can do things to, you could theoretically make some political changes if you started with a decent culture to help at least slow 
the spread of bad ideology. Like public schools are one of the worst publicly funded, any kind of publicly funded education uh, and the arts, one of the worst things you could possibly do um, because you've removed them from the free market. Uh, it's absolutely abhorrent. And that's, but, and yet, you know, it's not something that has a problem. It doesn't, the problem doesn't manifest for generations. So the first few generations that do it think it's a great freaking idea. Right. Yeah. And then here we are several generations later, parents going, why are they teaching progressive activism in my elementary school? Well, cause your great, great grandparents wanted a fucking elementary school funded by the government. That's why, that's why, uh, like <laughs> you should, you shouldn't be in this situation. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but if we start, uh, yeah, starting with a better culture, trying to fix some of those problems, would it last forever? Probably not. Uh, Eric O'Sullivan is on the screen now, so I'll read it. Thank you, sir. Says, I used to be a meet the press junkie. That was back in Tim Russert's day. Not a fan of politics, but I'm from a bad neighborhood in South Boston projects, so I cannot be sold on BS. That means woke. Yeah. You know, that's interesting, Eric, because I always, if you've watched any of our interviews, one of the things I'm interested in when I talk to liberty-minded people, whether they used to be woke or not, is I always am curious about what do they think it is about themselves that helps them to see the BS and, or, or help them to wake up and be able to see the BS. And everybody has a different answer. But I think, yeah, being from a bad neighborhood in the South Boston projects might make you pretty, might give you a good BS detector. Um, some of the people we've talked to, it's like, oh, well, I had a grandma who survived communism or, you know, I had the, they've had some influence in their life that helps them to see it. Or they grew up distrusting authority for one reason or another. Or, I don't know. I'm always well, that curious. Polish pastor probably had relatives. He looks too young to have been in like actually in Poland during World War Two, but his parents probably were or his grandparents, maybe. Yeah. Like he probably has familial experience with what it's like to have right. uh, actual Nazis knocking on the door. Here's here's right. a good here's a good comparison. So there were some articles that came out a few months ago about um, that are basically propaganda, I think, to, to to the black community of trying to convince black people to get the vaccine. And there were there were articles that were centered around you know uh, black people historically might have a greater reason to uh, question uh, mandatory vaccine. Well, you think, <laughs> like Tuskegee, do you think maybe Native American population have a reason to question the authority also? Like uh, smallpox and you know, blankets and anyway, they, they were trying to break this down. And I've noticed since I read those articles, I was aware of it, like, oh, they're gonna try to, they're gonna try to combat this, um, this maybe built in skepticism. And on Facebook, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but they have all these propaganda pieces that pop up pretty much every time I'm on there. Um, and they have a whole section with celebrities getting the vaccine. And you can just scroll through the videos and it pops up and it and um, a lot of them are black celebrities. They specifically, I think, are choosing black celebrities and like, look, as you know, this celebrity gets the vaccine. And then they have uh, another section with politicians doing it, also selected black politicians. It's like they're really trying to market heavily towards a community that they think is going to be reticent for just. I think they've done studies. The community is reticent. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to combat. It doesn't mean they won't take it, but they are reticent uh, as you know, doesn't it strike you as odd that we're in a world in which I just, let's just think about this for a moment. 
the people who were protesting in the 60s, and by the way, talk about attempted insurrections, I mean, bombings in Washington, D.C., like actual violent protests. The, the people protesting, the people with the question authority, question everything bumper stickers, the people who were enlightened, the quote, prophet generation, doing their thing in the 60s, fighting the man. They're now, <laughs> they're now the elders. They're in positions of power. And don't you find it odd that Every cultural institution, Facebook, YouTube, everyone is acting as if stories about how you need to trust the government, narratives about trusting the government, is not propaganda. That's not, it's not viewed as propaganda. Oh, we're just telling you that the voting process is good. We're just telling you to trust the government doing vaccines and trust the government to do this. And hey, let's do a story. I know there's the Tuskegee thing and you might feel bad about that. And But it's different this time. This yeah. time, the government's very trustworthy. It's, it's so bizarre that we are, and so many people accept it as normal that like, that mainstream saying trust the government is not viewed as propaganda it's viewed as like that narrative of trust what the government officials are saying is not viewed as propaganda it's no. viewed as like smart yeah well it's a it's a you know they really don't like the word covidians because it pokes fun about how there's developed this sort of faith system the branch covidians the branch covidians there's developed this sort of belief system in this faith around covid and not everyone who's got the va- gotten the vaccine and not everyone who wears the mask or whatever is a part of this religion. I'm just saying you and they you guys know who I'm talking about. The ones who are really adamant that we all do exactly what they do and that the government forces us all to do what they do. Okay, those people I call the comedians. And and they will say stuff like, you know, they I believe in science. Okay, science doesn't require belief or faith, okay? You you're looking for a substitute for God if you think and you're like, oh, "I believe in science." You have faith in who? The experts? Which experts? I have faith in the experts. I have faith in Fauci. I have faith in, you know, whatever. I have faith in the government. I have faith in this vaccine that hasn't been tested for more than a year. You have faith. Medical science does not, I mean, I'll I'll say this again as an atheist who believes that reason rules supreme. Yeah. Yeah, political decisions need to take in to account science and reason. But medical science is not a necessary and sorry, it's not the sufficient branch that needs like you don't just say what's the medical decision, therefore it should be a law. That's not rational. That's yeah. that's saying if we let doctors be dictators, what would they do? Well, this is what they would do. But there are rational reasons to not let doctors be dictators. There is <laughs> that's not the world we want. Also, they're only looking at certain, they're only looking at the study, the scientific studies that support what they want. They, they will not read the ones that say the opposite. And they pretend like science is something that you need to have faith in when it's not. Science, I saw this a while back and it just stuck in my mind. I've said it a few times since then. I forget who I saw share it originally, but I said science, science doesn't require faith. It doesn't require belief. It just mm-hmm. requires transparent methodology and reproducible results. And that's it. Actually, science is 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 <clears throat> eminently skeptical. And even if you had the science down and there was very little skepticism about what the actual 
right uh, precautionary things were, the disease itself, like everything. If, if that was all non-controversial, there would still be a question about what the government should do, able to do yeah. with that information. Scientists are not the moral authority for what laws should be passed and what rules we should all follow. If they were, scientists can give you advice. If they were, the government would make it illegal for you to eat McDonald's every day and not go to the gym because obesity. They want you to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Obesity is one of the biggest factors that will determine how severe COVID is if you catch it. And obviously, there's a lot of other problems associated with obesity. But we don't all say, well, yeah, the government should have the right to tell us if we can be obese or not. No, the government shouldn't have that right. And by the, and by the way, like you said, they prefer us to be obese. They shut down the gyms, but they kept the liquor stores and fast food shops open because they want us to die and to be obedient. Well, they also, <laughs> by the way, they are also using, so some people will say, well, the difference with obesity is it doesn't hurt other people. That's and if you have the virus, it hurts other people, blah, blah, blah. I, I would just like to point out, they're using the, they use the same argument for obesity. They are saying, well... Because we're in this world in which the leftists have pushed a universal health care approach, like that's what they want. They want some sort of universal health care because they've pushed an agenda where your health matters to my wallet. That's the wedge that they're using to say, well, actually, we do want to control sugary drinks and obesity and fast food and blah, 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 because it's an issue that affects all of us now they will absolutely start doing that i think they will absolutely they've already started doing that they probably will yeah um but this right now is not about a virus this is about uh this is a control test this is can can we how much how much how much authoritarianism can we shove down their masked faces uh it is a control test um okay let's read some more of these and then let's Sure. Did you read Matt Deckard's 2021 People Weren't Wearing Enough Hats? No? No, but did you, you just did. Oh, yeah. He was referring to the the documentary. It was the uh, year was 2021. People weren't wearing enough hats. <laughs> Except for this woman, Carrie Smith. Uh, Thomas St. Thomas says, gender is a social construct, so dismantle it. Race is a social construct, so lean into it for strength and center yourself in it. <laughs> WTF? Yes. Well, yes. as we've said before... Postmodernism isn't the basis for these beliefs. Postmodernism is a toolbox that they use to, um, it's an ends justify the means philosophy. So their ends are uh, destruction of Western civilization. And if the proper tool for that destruction comes from critical race theory or critical theory generally, which is uh, definitely uh, more uh, essentialist uh, view of the universe, then they will use that. But if the best tool for destroying it comes from postmodernism um, and deconstructing crap, then they will whip out the deconstruction tools from postmodernism and throw them at you. Yeah. Whatever works, whatever syllables work, they're just magic words. Whatever syllables work to get you to comply and say, oh, okay, I like Marx. That's that's the tool. Anthony Knapp, this one's on screen. Thank you. Oh, Andrew Knapp. Andrew says, exactly this. I've been dumbfounded by the metric ton of religious rhetoric around vaccines and masking. There is a lot of it. And and they don't like when you point that out. They really don't like when you point that out. The same way that social justice warriors don't like when you point out that their ideology is functions in some ways, like a religion or a cult. They hate that. But it's right. true. It's like, it's like global, it's similar to the global warming thing where... Uh, I don't believe that there's no, like, 
I'm not, I know there are some people who don't think there's any impact happening at all that like totally question climate change. I think that there is some anthropogenic contribution to the climate, very likely. Um, I'm not a scientist, but I have looked at stuff. There's some stuff that makes sense. Probably there's right. some contribution. How big it is, I don't know. How important, like how impactful that will be, I don't know. But let's just leave it at that. There's some contribution. That doesn't mean all of a sudden the government should subsidize Tesla. Like there's a there's a long discussion that happens between those two things. Like, okay, well, what are the standards that we are measuring? Like, okay, like what are the standards that we use to measure how do we respond to this? Like, does it matter? Like, what should the government's response be that respects individual rights? Is there is there a response from the government? Is this something that can be handled by the free market? If it, the government needs to be responded, like how do you justify doing any of this? Because you'd have to step on individual rights, or is there a way you can do it without stepping on individual rights? Like those discussions need to be had, not just like, oh, uh, climate change, therefore socialism. Like yeah. that's not that's not science. That's that's a that's a political agenda, cherry picking scientists to justify itself. That's pseudoscience, that's pseudoscience. Even if some of the science is real, it's pseudoscience to claim that this particular government solution is the solution. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I have, I have faith in the experts, Carter. Um, G-Man oh, says, there's no way our government will allow secession. Why let them go when you can continue to rule over them instead? It would take a bloody revolution. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I think it. I think they would fight. Uh, Francis well, I don't know. Again, I think it depends largely on. Like, I hate to sound vague like this, but I think it largely depends on geopol geopolitics, right? It depends on how China responds. It depends. Like, there are other countries in the world who hate the United States, um, and they. It might not be in the United States' best interest to immediately start bombing Austin, like. That might not go well for the U.S. generally. So, they do. I think ultimately there will be battles. Yes, but again, I don't know if there'll be battles right away. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think. Maybe I'm being too. I'm being too optimistic. <laughs> maybe I'm too optimistic. By the but, way, they they wouldn't pick Austin to bomb. Sure, sure. Austin would be where they right. they would bomb. They would drop some soy for the resistance. <laughs> uh are you afraid Francis's? Francis Montgomery. I saw the military discharge people who refused vaccines in the past. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going that direction, right? Um, G-Man asks, if, am I suggesting China influences U.S. politics? Never. Never, G-Man. What was that story about the Bidens earlier? Um, anyway. Yeah. Thank you, guys. This has been a fun monday it's been a long one, but it's been fun yeah yeah and uh thanks for uh sitting through my sermonizing especially you atheists <laughs> i like our community i like those people there's all different beliefs and and they tolerate me and some of them tolerate you i'm trying to get the atheist points in there when you're doing it because i'm trying to put my like atheist in the audience hat on and i'm just like oh my god shut up with the christianity so hey! i think we we both need to interrupt each other when it goes too much because the that part of the audience is going to be like oh, enough God. of this atheism or enough of this christianity yeah. i don't believe, i don't think we need to interrupt one another i just think you can say something when i'm not speaking sure 
but I have trouble doing that, as we know. <laughs> Very nice glasses, Carrie. Yeah. Okay. Have a one nice last one. Oh. I'll fight you naked. Says Austin would be their FOB. What's yes, FOB? it would be their forward operating base. I assume. Oh. Or a friend of Bill that was used in the '90s to mean friend of Bill Clinton, but I think it might be both. Actually, if Clinton was still alive. I thought friend of Bill was what we what AA uses. Oh, does it? Yeah. A, I don't know. I've never been to AA. Did they? Yeah, it's people? a way of it's a way of saying like in public, um, signaling to other AA members. It in like if you're like if you're a flight attendant on a flight and you um, and and someone is having struggling, you might go on the speaker and say, "Hey, is there a friend of Bill on the flight who could come talk to this person?" And oh, such such I never knew this. Yeah, if you ever hear that, and that way you're not like saying, "Hey, is there a former alcoholic who can come?" Any alkies? Any alkies on the plane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, a uh, friend of Bill is Monica Lewinsky's contact name in Hillary Clinton's iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Scott. Um, <laughs> I apologize. I forgot to do the credits. So if you subscribed last week, and you're and or you just like new. Uh, hidden gems in the credits. I totally forgot last night, so I'll do them this week so we'll have new ones for Friday, but uh, I forgot to update the credits. Shame on me. Regardless, it was a good show. We're back on YouTube, unless they kick us off for talking about... Uh, we did We did talk about the, yeah. uh, you know, some stuff on this show. Yeah, we have some interviews planned for this week, which are exciting. Um, we have already have an interview in the can with Leonidas Johnson. I know several people are asking for that conversation. We have that in the can. That'll be coming out soon. And um, thank you guys for showing up. This month at Book Club, we're reading Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I uh, hope you'll join us for that. You can get more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. It's free to join and participate. And um, if you would like unsafe space merchandise, go to our shop page. And if you'd like to support us financially, go to our support page or subscribe or whatever it's called. <laughs> Donate. Go wherever. <laughs> Just go to unsafespace.com. By the way, as a reminder, I'm going to say this because I said it to the team internally. No matter what happens to us, live shows are always on unsafespace.com slash live. It always gets redirected to wherever we're live streaming to. So... If that needs to change someday and we, we're off of YouTube completely, it'll still redirect to wherever we actually are. So unsafespace.com slash live is where to find us. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Week or weekend. I don't know. Look at me. Week. I, my weekend was not long enough. I want more. Uh, so, all right. Have a good one, everyone. Take care. Kat, Terry, uh, I really do love the hat. I'm like, no, I'm Thank not. Thank you. It's, it's an awesome hat. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. 
See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. For your own safety, and to avoid further spread of contagion, if you have been in recent contact with any of these individuals, please report to your nearest Good Citizen Treatment Center immediately. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Remember, your uninformed opinion matters. We couldn't destroy everything and rebuild Utopia without it. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.